0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers.
1: Hey, everybody! Welcome to episode eighty of the podcast that goes snicked. Snick. We're your host, Jason, and
0: me. I mean, I gotta stop playing my card game on my iPad.
1: Yes. No more solitaire. Introduce yourself.
0: Aww, I'm nice,
1: Denise. Denise Venable. Oh yeah,
0: last names help, don't
1: they? But anyway, this is our uh, March Madness episode of the podcast that goes snick.
0: Madness.
1: Ma <laughs> ma <laughs> Remember last year when uh, Muse had the uh, theme song to March Madness?
0: Yes.
1: I haven't heard it this year, even though the song's still on the radio.
0: Probably because they were like, eh, you can't overplayed. do it twice.
1: That's so 2013.
0: Hey, they obviously did not read Future Past.
1: (laughs) Yes, mutant internment camps are so 2013. That's right. (laughs) Anyway, by the time this episode drops, it should...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you just put your hand up in the air? Like I was
1: a rapper? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Make the beat Mm, drop. (laughs) Anyway, by the time this podcast drops, it should we should be right in the middle of the Sweet 16, or maybe maybe moving into the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, somewhere in there.
1: Yeah, somewhere in there. Of course, while we're recording our intro tonight, we're right smack in the middle of the uh,
0: Texas.
1: Yeah, Texas is about to play.
0: We have the channel changed and DVRing.
1: Anyway, th- this episode we're going to cover all the Wolverine appearances from March of 2014. Oh
0: goodness. Yep.
1: So, ma 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 mad, mad, mad. You are mad. Mad Max, Mad Hatter, Mad Cow Disease. Uh,
0: you stole all mine.
1: <laughs> what, what else is mad? Um. I oh, forget it. Here we go. Okay, so first... Mad uh,
0: <laughs> Sorry, just remembered.
1: That was so five minutes ago.
0: Um, in our listeners' world, it was so two seconds ago.
1: <sighs> okay. Anyway, first up, we have Wolverine number three. Twach! Rogue Logan, part three of four. Written by Paul Cornell. Pencils by Ryan Stegman. Inks by Morales Stegman and Ipsy. Uh, David Curiel did the covers. VCs, covers. Oh, I'm sorry, colours. Uh-huh. VC's Corey Pettit did the letters. Woohoo. And Ryan Stegman and Edgar Delgado did the cover. I like this cover quite a bit. Um is Wolverine in a white room.
0: Is it a, in room a or white just... room
1: with black curtains? Is it in a is it a white room or
0: they just opted As, not to do the
1: background? Uh, tomato, tomato. Anyway, he's in his new, new uniform, new costume, fighting some robot warriors, and it's actually pretty brutal. Uh, I was gonna say the this way one looks like it has a, sp- a spinal cord that he ripped up.
0: I was gonna say, you know, the the Sentinel wannabes are all kind of green. I would say blue. they're more
1: in Terminator.
0: Well, they're all kind of greenish blue, but the the stuff coming out of them is kind of brown, so it's like it uh, looks like bone. It looks like guts. Yeah, guts
1: anyway, I, I think this cover is pretty sweet. So remember, Wolverine um, has lost his healing factor. Some might say he's lost his way. He's on this team of uh, rogue guys. That's why it's Rogue Logan, part three of four. And he just had a talk with Superior Spider-Man who pushed him off the roof. But then we see he snagged him with his web.
0: Right before he hit the ground. Yes. Like inches. Yes. And Logan doesn't think it's funny.
1: No, he says it's very funny.
0: Uh-huh. His body language, <laughs> on the other hand.
1: Yes, he's upside down. He's got his arms crossed. and He's frowning, but he turned that frown upside down, so it looks like he's smiling.
0: <laughs> Gravity. Gravity.
1: Anyway, uh, he gets free, and Jubilee's there. And she tells him to quit playing around, and we got some X-Men stuff to do.
0: Oh, he's more worried about her being in sunlight.
1: Yes, because remember, she's a vampire. Uh Uh-huh. Which they haven't really done too much with. Yeah. Except for talking about, ooh, I'm a vampire. but I got really strong sunblock. That's kind of the extent of her vampire power so far, is having really strong sunblock.
0: And wearing all black. But she she still has her yellow
1: jacket and her pink shades.
0: She actually, the way she's drawn here, looks like something out of Vampire Diaries.
1: A little bit. Though I like Stegman's version of Jubilee. I like the way he draws her hair.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Of course, then we wake up, and this part, eh... So, all right. So all our flashbacks, which remember the stuff with Spider-Man was a flashback. And apparently this X-Men adventure will also be a flashback. Apparently this whole day, Logan has been dreaming about over and over again. So we switch to the present and he's waking up from this horrible nightmare. I
0: also love how there's an obvious divot between the two of them. Not only are they sleeping apart, but there is an obvious divot. There's a canyon between them. I
1: think that's just supposed to be the shadow. But yes, it looks very deep.
0: No, it's anyway,
1: a- it's uh, him, Wolverine, sweeping with remember, Pinch. Pinch. Because her jJ pinches him whenever they... Um...
0: <laughs> Might as well just call her Tinkerbell.
1: <laughs> I think you should just call her vajayjay.
0: <laughs> Jay!
1: <laughs> um, anyway, he won't tell her what the nightmare is. He just says it's the last day of his old life. But Pinch rolls over and pinches him on the chest. And they snuggle.
0: I don't understand their dialogue here. Because he says, nah, it was just the day that I finished my old life, the day that brought me here. And she says, again, he goes, yeah. again, pinch, damn it.
1: Yeah, and he's tired of having the same nightmare over and over again.
0: Oh, it sounds like he's cursing at her.
1: Oh, and it is. Yes, again, damn it, quit asking me.
0: Yeah, I have it every night. <laughs> Don't Gosh. you know? Jeez.
1: <laughs> yes, he is Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> then so we see the X-Men mission, and they're fighting the uh, Terminator robots. Yeah. It's uh, Storm, Psylocke, Monet. It's like an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Rachel.
0: Why are Storm's boobs so far apart?
1: Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Wolverine and Jubilee drive up. Some guy stole Sentinel Tech and made some robots. He's in jail, but the robots are still going. And Jubilee asked Wolverine about Storm. Hey, what's the deal with you and Storm? Because I guess she really is a Vampire Diaries.
0: Yeah, I guess so. That. What's up with her, like, big, pouty lips?
1: I don't know. I guess that's just what she got. Oh, okay. But anyway, she says it's obvious that Wolverine has been avoiding her. Which I won't lie, though. I kind of felt like that relationship was just kind of getting interesting. So and then I'm, I'm going to kind of miss it.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like they hinted at it, and they just yeah, we're not together anymore. Right. It's like maybe,
1: maybe we never were. We just you know screwed a couple of times.
0: It's like your friends when you when you see them out once, and you're like, yeah, they got together, that's awesome. And then right. the next time, it's like we're so and so. They don't have to be here with me. Right.
1: I do you like how it's, I I can't tell if Storm put everybody on Wolverine's case because Jubilee's like Storm's gonna give you space, but I have to be on your case, and that's not the last time we'll hear that this issue. No. So, or maybe it's Jubilee. Maybe, actually, it sounds like something Jubilee would do. So maybe this is all her doing.
0: It's a girlfriend thing. You give him space, I'm not. (laughs) I'll be up his butt making sure he doesn't forget about you.
1: And Wolverine says he has to change,
0: and... It looks like he's a tear. It's just Shadow,
1: but yes, because we know it's Shadow because it's from the other panels, too. But the way it turned on this page, it does look like he's crying a single here
0: yeah it's bizarre yeah. and wolverine
1: kind of has a pity party he goes me and roro we never figured out what we were doing together
0: we i, were I just... couldn't make it work <laughs> he couldn't make I it. i couldn't work. find
1: my mutant viagra <laughs> i don't know if i even deserve it's complicated so that's his facebook status it's complicated
0: it's complicated yeah
1: And Jimboi says, I can bite you and give you your healing factor back. I mean, it be vampire style, but... uh, Then we find out that Beast put a tracker in Wolverine's belt. Because they're worried about him running off half-cocked. Then we get some kind of psychic radio wave where Maria Hill is contacting Logan.
0: And why are are we looking at his armpit? What are we looking at? Uh, Let's see. The
1: SX. I don't know what that is, actually.
0: I think it's supposed to be his pet. I really hope it's not his junk.
1: Well, what's this? Hard, that was like hard plastic.
0: I I think this is his peck. Okay. I think. It is
1: a weird panel. D- or is it? Or I mean, that's a seatbelt. Maybe that is his package. <laughs> that's why he doesn't know what's going on. Why? That thing was like a fat <laughs> vagina.
0: Why is his package talking to him? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not really Maria Hill. He just has a psych- psychotic breakdown where he thinks his wee-wee is talking to him
0: the hell is that? No, is I, it, I
1: think you're right. I think it's his back.
0: Or is it his ear? Is it this oh, part
1: of his oh. cow? Oh! Yes. Yes, that's his ear. He's got a big old fat <laughs> ear, too. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: Yes, that's his cow and that's <laughs> his ear. Well, it doesn't help that he made the background blue, so I couldn't tell if that was behind his head or part of his uniform.
0: Well, it would have been better if he drew more of his head.
1: No, he wanted to show how close up the communique was.
0: But I she's guess. not...
1: She's talking to him in his She's ear. She's
0: communicating via secret microwave beam. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know if he needs an earmuff for that, but whatever.
0: It doesn't sound like there's Bluetooth in his suit.
1: <laughs> I have no idea. But anyway, she wants him to meet him in the alley and not say anything when you get out of the car. So he slams the door. Jubilee looks dejected. And Wolverine says, damn everything! I gotta pee. <laughs> yeah. Is that what he says?
0: Yeah, he says, okay. I'm going oh, to yeah, go pee. You're, you're right, you're and right. then I'm going to go fight robots. Right.
1: So I actually like this part, though, because it doesn't give us clear answers, but it gives us hints. Yeah. So basically, uh, Maria Hill says she has a mission that's close to Wolverine's heart. <laughs> he says, someone threatened the beer supply.
0: <laughs> but she also says that due to his turn of recent events, that this mission would be right up his alley. Like it all, like all the cards are following right into place. So basically,
1: you can act like you're going off the deep end because of all this healing factor stuff, and we'll give you a mission where that acting will play into our hands. Right. Uh, basically, there's some ancient object, and Sabretooth is trying to get it, and it's really powerful. Uh, um, why
0: do I have a feeling? That they're gonna switch bodies?
1: No, stop. This won't. This will not be Superior to Spider-Man.
0: They're okay. They're trying to find an ancient artifact.
1: Yeah, there was no artifact involved in the Spider-Man stuff.
0: No, they're just taking the Spider-Man plot and adding an ancient artifact to it.
1: <laughs> I don't think they are at all. Okay. You're grasping at straws.
0: Okay. Grasp. Grasp. Grasp.
1: And Logan objects, says he's not gonna go after Sabretooth on a vendetta.
0: No, I'd rather just harm myself. Which is a
1: bold-faced lie. Yeah. Because he just tried to get Spider-Man to tell him what was going on with Sabretooth. Yeah. And Maria Hill calls him on it and says, yeah, bullshit. And she says, besides, this I don't plan crazy quest. You're going on a mission with backup and a goal. I'm wondering if anybody else on that team is also a shield plant.
0: Oh, so he's pinching a pinch? <laughs> what? Pinch! She's a S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, agent. So? And that's
1: why he's sleeping with her? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. You know I wonder, I guess since he doesn't have a ceiling factor anymore, he has to use a condom, huh?
0: Maybe they just pull and pray.
1: Or maybe she got tested. Well, not not that far. Just, he never had to worry about STDs before.
0: Why I mean, are we, well, how did we get to that?
1: Moving on. Yes. Well, anyway, apparently this object is world-threatening, so this mission will help you save the world and help us bag and tag Sabretooth. It's not one to. It's not the one-on-one death wish. And Wolverine says no. No. And he leaves.
0: And now he's walking around the bunker in his underwear.
1: Yes. And he hears uh, what the Lost Boy is that his name playing yes. video games.
0: And I love this because he makes fun of him. Wolverine and Lost Boy have a conversation and he kind of makes fun of his name.
1: Yeah, and Lost Boy says, I like this ancient movie. (laughs) And Wolverine's like, Peter Pan? (laughs) Like, no, and the Lost Boys. Anyway, but uh, also Lost Boy makes fun of Wolverine for not knowing how to play video games.
0: Well, okay, so are they really just playing chess? I'm confused.
1: No, he's trying to make an old man joke. Uh Oh. He's like, where were you when they were, you know, playtesting like chess and like that was a game, that was a sophisticated game you played. Which I will say, chess takes more mental acumen than a, I don't know, Call of Duty or whatever.
0: Okay, I will say, and their a little banter back and forth. Wolverine says something that's really weird. What's that? Because he says, just for a moment there, I thought you really had a backbone, but hey, you got enough of one. Me, I got someone else's.
1: I guess I think Adamantium, like, it's not really his bone.
0: Hmm. I think it means something else. What do you think it means? That it's saber and in Wolverine's body. Oh
1: my gosh. You're going to kill me with this stupid evidence thing.
0: Evidence number
1: one. No evidence. More straws.
0: And when I'm right, what am I going to get? I really
1: love this panel. And when we go back to the past, back to Wolverine's nightmare... Uh, he's gritting his teeth and running, and we have, like, red in the background. It looks really cool. And yes. we get our first you get a snake. a with bloody claws, and he screams because it hurts. He says, I'm still the best there is at what I do, and I do not give in to, ah, I'm snake fear.
0: I don't give in to pain. Fear, maybe. <laughs> right.
1: Okay. so this part really confused me. So he says, Jubilee's talking about she brought these things Hank whipped up, anti-metal virus bombs. Is that what she's throwing? No.
0: I don't know. She's got weird stuff coming out of her hands. Well, see, it
1: looks like her old power, where she would shoot like little fireworks, and they'd be different colors. But I think it's just the bombs that Hank made. I think what's going on is Stegman and Cornell are using the bombs to do like a fake jubilee power, just so Stegman could draw Jubilee's power because he never got to. But I don't know. But it looks—I mean, it looks a lot like her power, but she doesn't have that power anymore. No. So I guess it's just the bombs. But anyway, it looks cool, I guess. It looks like someone hot, colorful loogies all over the robots. It does. But it looks better than in the cartoon where it looked like glowing sperm. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you win some, you lose some, I guess. Yeah. Either way, it's a bodily fluid. (laughs) So Wolverine's cutting through the robots, but suddenly they combine into one giant Voltron robot. Power Rangers, unite! Yes, or Power Rangers. Power Rangers for you kiddos, Voltron for us old guys. I like how all their heads are kind of looking around, and I don't know, did Psylocke disappear or did her hair turn black? Because uh, earlier it was purple like it's supposed to be. But then, I don't know.
0: Where are the men? I just realized this.
1: There are no men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's five girls and Wolverine. Yeah. Female power.
1: I don't mean girl power. Anyway... It's kind of silly, but I think the super robot looks pretty cool. He so does. kudos to Stegman on that. But Storm's yelling at Logan because the robot's trying to stop him like a roach. And he just kind of stands there. He freezes like a, a deer in headlights. And Jubilee has to use her super vampire speed to tackle him out of the way. And everybody's mad at him. Just understandably. And then Logan, I guess, is embarrassed
0: because he got scared and so he runs away? I guess so.
1: So why do you think he froze?
0: I think he realized he could die.
1: Yeah, like right there. Yeah. Like normally he would just take it, and now he can't.
0: It's like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be squashed like an ant. (laughs) I'm going
1: out by a giant robot. Then we see him, he goes back to the Jean Grey School, and Quentin is coming down the stairs, and he says um, says something about being on his case, so he's been given the assignment as well. Uh, But he makes fun of Wolverine for running. Apparently everyone on the news saw the fight and saw Wolverine running away. So Quentin Quire gives him a hard time.
0: Is Quentin Quire wearing... Uh, Boxers. With hearts all over them? Yeah. Manly Quentin Quire. Manly. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's secure. Uh, so then we see Wolverine coming into his room from the other side, and we see some webs. Uh-oh.
0: Uh, see, I just thought he hadn't. I um, was queen house and a, while. In a while.
1: <laughs> Cobwebs. Yep. And I like his face. I don't really know if it looks like Wolverine. It looks more like a hobbit, but I like it. He's kind of like, huh? And then he sees his new suit hanging in a whole lot of webbing.
0: Yeah, and I love Spider Man went crazy. From a friend. He's going to come bite us in the butt later. A
1: friend with quotation marks. So he's not really his friend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was actually gen- genuinely surprised by this.
0: I was too.
1: I did not expect for the new suit to come from Spider Man. I no, thought Beast would whoop it up or
0: But it actually kinda makes sense. No, it does
1: make sense, especially after last issue. Right. I just I just I wasn't expecting it. I thought it was a cool little story beat. It is. Yep. So then we go now to an undisclosed location, which is in somebody's office. There's a little projector and There's a, a couple a of pot. flat screen TVs. Uh silver samurai's back in his old uniform for some
0: reason. There's a coffee pot, but nobody's drinking coffee. So is this
1: the old Silver Samurai
0: or the new... I don't know. I'm assuming it's the new one. He just decided... He hasn't done laundry in a while.
1: Okay. Maybe he lost his fancy armor. Maybe. I like how the hand ninjas are walking around and really worried. Like one's got his head like folded on the table in his arms. One's kicked back in the chair with his feet on the table. And the other one's like leaning on the wall. Like, oh, man. What are we doing here?
0: So one's the thumb. The one leaning back is the thumb. (laughs) The pinky toe is the one (laughs) hunched over.
1: I really like the way Stegman draws Mystique. I think Uh, she looks pretty cool.
0: See, I don't like her. Really? Why not? I think because she looks too much like a... The the nose is too similar to Jubilee.
1: Okay. Anyway, they're having a conversation about Sabretooth, um, how he's lost his mojo. And without Wolverine, he has no drive.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah. You should always make sure when you're in a closed room that no one can hear you
1: talk. But, yeah, we, so we get a click of the door and Sabretooth comes in. And um, he knows what they're after. It's going to make him a god. And I got to say, ever since I knew he was drawing it, I've been anticipating Ryan Stegman's Sabretooth. A little disappointed.
0: <laughs> he looks like he has a third leg.
1: Well, that's just bad shading. But he looks like he has a tiny, tiny head.
0: He looks like well, no, he like does
1: have a tiny, tiny those, head.
0: Those, those, what is it? WWE wrestlers.
1: Yeah, this is not the best saber tooth.
0: Well, but I think it's also the angle. And plus, I, like I was hoping hands to see closer. him?
1: I don't know. I Stegman's good at like kind of art that's really kinetic and has a little bit of fury to it. So it's kind of open for maybe a a more wilder looking Sabretooth.
0: Well, okay.
1: And not the guy in the black suit and tie.
0: So first off, let's cut the guy a break because the last time we saw Sabretooth, he was in a suit. Is
1: continuity correct for this book. Yes. Though later we'll do Uncanny X-Men where Sabretooth looks completely different.
0: Okay. Well, hang on. Let me back up. (laughs) So one. Last time we saw Sabretooth, he was in a suit. So, this yeah. kind of makes sense to see him. As far as his really small head and big hands, I'm going to... a bad perspective? Yes. Okay. It's it's bad for uh, foreshortening, so, which is like perspective. Okay. So, like, theoretically, the viewer is where your hand would be. So, that's why his head looks so tiny. In fact, if I probably dissected this and drew all the, like, horizon lines and whatnot... Oh, let's do... would you like me to no (laughs) i'm like get me some tracing paper and a ruler because based on the horizon line if i had to take a guess his head is supposed to be that small if we took a picture of a real person his head would be that small okay so i guess what i'm trying to say is cut the guy break
1: all right so i thought the art was fantastic really like the colors again
0: even though you bitched about the foreshortening
1: hey one panel does not ruin a book so, what did you think of the art?
0: I liked it. I Although, I don't like the inconsistencies with Wolverine's hair. Sometimes he's Backstreet Boy hair. Sometimes he's normal Wolverine hair.
1: Um, all right. So, what do you think of, this, of the issue overall?
0: Overall, I think it's pretty good. I like that we're getting little snippets here and there. Yeah. Although, there are certain parts that I kind of feel like, why did you give me that? Like, am I supposed to? Like, the whole, I have someone else's backbone.
1: Yeah. and
0: I feel like they're giving us that. Because we we need it. We need that information for later. Okay. But if we don't need that information from, for later, like, you know, bleeding into an incubator, then it shouldn't be in there. So, on a six claw rating, I'll give this one five out of six. Okay. I
1: will also give it five out of six just for the art. Um, and the story's good. It's coming along. I That's thought the video game baby. stuff was kind of dumb, so that was a waste of two pages.
0: Unless... We need that information for later.
1: It's still, I don't know. All right, so that's it for Wolverine number three. Okay, so next up, we have Savage Wolverine number 16.
0: <laughs> Part three. This is Story and Art by Richard Eisenhoff. Works for me. Uh, letterer is BC's Cory Pettit. woo <laughs> Cover art is by Richard Eisenhoff. And variant cover art is by Cassidy and Mounts.
1: Sure. So, what we got on the cover?
0: So, we've got Wolverine launching through what looks like some sort of dust cloud. The dust bowl. And his uh, the dust he's kicking up looks like a uh, Wolverine dust cloud.
1: Yeah, in the future costume. <laughs> kind of looks like Genie Wolverine, like you rubbed a lamp. Yes, so this uh, this Dusty Wolverine is going to grant him three wishes.
0: Is it now? Uh huh. <laughs> There's no genie.
1: Your snicked is my command. All right. Well, what happens in this book? All Wrath, right. Part three. Wrath. Yeah. Remember Wolverine's in the old days. This yes. This is Wolverine Lawless edition. He's a bootlegger. He's fighting the big wigs from Chicago, and he got arrested.
0: And he got arrested because he fed a whole bunch of people. And they turned him in.
1: So we got arrested for disturbing the peace. Yeah. A trumped up charge.
0: A Totally trumped. So we find Wolvie in jail with the daughter of his bootlegging friend who had been murdered.
1: She was kidnapped. He rescued her.
0: Wolverine's trying to convince the sheriff to let him go and at least go back to camp. Check on the other kids. And the sheriff's like, nah, you got arraignment in the morning. They're going to be fine. Plus, they got a dust storm coming. Then you see two cops just saying... Where are the Chicago goons? So obviously they know something we don't know. Yeah,
1: they got a deal. Yeah. Well, we knew when they arrested him they were crooked.
0: Oh, yeah. And so. we realized that Peter, one of the kids, is uh, he's being a peeping Tom.
1: Yeah, He's standing on a trash can looking in the jail window. <laughs> yeah. And, and then this he, is back in the days when you could do that kind
0: of thing. That's right. People didn't think you were that weird.
1: Well, you could actually get to a jail window.
0: Right. And Peter realizes that there's some new visitors to the jail. You like my godfather impression?
1: Um, sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, Frenchie and, uh... Marion. Marion. What a girl's name.
1: Well, that was the whole point, remember?
0: I know. I'm so anyway, fun. So
1: anyway, I got kind of excited for a panel and then was immediately disappointed. <laughs> well, because Marion's kind of going all Phantom of the Opera. Yes. Wolverine is sliced to have his face. Actually, from this first time we see it, I actually thought it was a mask of some sort. Maybe even a metal mask.
0: Oh. And then when
1: I realized it was just a big bandage, it was kind of disappointing. It makes sense. But when you thought it was a mask.
0: That's so much cooler. Yeah. So anyway, the Chicago goons come in. Yep,
1: they come in. And We him get more Frenchie talk.
0: Yeah, we get more Frenchy talk. Peter finds a gun, a Tommy gun. Yes. In the seat of a car and From the gangster's car. This is going to help him take care of the situation. He's
1: going to be the hero of the day. Yeah. How's that Metallica song go? The hero of the day. (laughs) Because James Heppel barks every time he sings.
0: He does, doesn't he?
1: (laughs) Yes, he does.
0: Even when he sings. And I say that as a fan. Yeah. So don't hate on me. So the sh- basically in a nutshell, the Chicago guys are like, "Look, give us give us the Logan guy. Yep, and we'll
1: take care of him. Yeah, don't worry about it. You
0: lose his paperwork. Forget about it. Forget about it. You lose his paperwork. We can take him off your hands. We take care of the problem. Right. And they find the last honest sheriff.
1: Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna play ball.
0: Nope. And so I don't remember in the first. This is well, this is Wrath Part Three. Yeah. In the first
1: two parts, did we get like super old-timey lingo? What
0: do you mean?
1: There were several things these people said that I didn't understand. Like one point, Frenchie, like when they're about to leave, Frenchie says, "Let's blouse."
0: Yeah, I noticed that too. All kinds of
1: crazy like twenties talk, and I don't so remember So is that being, a twenties? I'm assuming. I'm gonna give Eisenhower the benefit of a doubt and say that he googled. Wikipedia. Twenties talk. I I still remember it being so heavy in the first two issues. I felt like every other sentence these guys talking was like, Look here, see? <laughs> or that's how it would be if I wrote it. Cause that's the only 20s talk I know. <laughs> anyway, so the, the, uh, Peter comes in with this magic dragon, the Tommy gun.
0: And they all point their guns at Peter. Yeah,
1: we get a big standoff. Well, basically, they, they tell the kid to shoot Wolverine and they can go free.
0: And he does. Yeah. And they're like, look, he's still alive. I told you.
1: And I think the kid knew. I think he thought, oh, I'll shoot Wolverine. We'll leave. Wolverine will wake up. Everything will be fine. Right. Like I don't think Wolverine even cares that he got shot by the kid.
0: No. And I, I think, honestly, he may have been hoping if he shoots Wolverine and, you know, Wolverine obviously comes back to life, they'd be like, oh, crap. Right. And then they leave.
1: Yeah, but they don't. Everybody starts shooting. The kid gets shot in, a, in his in, Death rattle, he squeezes the trigger of the Tommy gun. And as he falls, manages to shoot almost everybody.
0: Yeah, it's a bloodbath in that prison right now.
1: Yeah. There is a cool panel where the girl gets out of the cell and she grabs the keys and attacks Marion with the keys between her fingers like Wolverine claws.
0: Yes, that's and the way she jumps and lunges.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty cool panel. So then Wolverine decides he's had enough. And my favorite page of the comic, Frenchie's trying to get the girl off of Marion and Wolverine just grabs him and says, out of the way clown and throws him across the room. We get a snick and he cuts Marion's leg.
0: And that's a deep-ass cut.
1: Yeah. And Peter's bleeding out. Uh, he gets shot again as they try to get away. Wolverine runs away with the girl. Marion's mad. They clean up the gel. Uh, we go back to the camp and it looks like Sophia has died.
0: And she has tuberculosis. Yes. Yeah. So, so what you think Basically, everyone in the family has died but the two kids
1: Yes, the boy that was left at camp and the the girl younger daughter is still alive.
0: Yeah, so the youngest son and the youngest daughter.
1: So what do you think? <laughs> I thought it was okay. I thought it was interesting enough. I thought the art was good, not great.
0: I guess I saw it coming from a mile away when they ke- when the cop goes. I wonder when those Chicago goons are going to get here. Yes. I I was like, oh, this is not going past the prison.
1: No, there haven't been any real surprises in the story so far.
0: No, and, I, and that was disappointing. I was kind of hoping, you know, like some, we get some little twist, something. But the fact yeah. that they take out everybody that's in the jail, saw that coming. Yeah,
1: well, I'm not, I'm not real sure, but I don't, I'm not really like moved by the loss of the kids. I don't really know.
0: Well, it's because you knew Peter was going to do it. You knew he was going to be a dumbass and get hurt. Like, yeah, I, didn't, I
1: should feel bad that Sophia died and I just don't really care.
0: <laughs> well, I, don't. So I guess
1: I'm just a cold, hard bitch. But.
0: No, I just don't think there was enough character development yeah. in those characters to make you want... To yeah. know them or to feel for them?
1: No, so anyway, I thought it was a, a decent story, but pretty standard. I'm going to give Savage Wolverine 16 three out of six claws. What are you going to give it?
0: <laughs> you were being nice.
1: <laughs> that was pretty middle of the road.
0: I only gave it two out of six.
1: All right, next up we have Origin 2, book number four. four. No, issue four.
0: This says book four. No. Title page says book four. I see this is
1: Origin book two. Oh. but <laughs> Whatever.
0: That's not what the title page says. No, nope. and
1: they get to decide because they work for the front office.
0: That's right. And
1: I work for the no office.
0: <laughs> the writer on this one is Kieran Gillen.
1: Good job.
0: Artist is Adam Kubert.
1: Good job.
0: Colorist is Frank Martin. I think it's Martine. Martine. No, are I you making it. fun of me? <laughs> I don't know. Letterer is BC's Joe Caramanja.
1: Caramagna, like lasagna.
0: Caramagna. And the cover artists are Adam Kubert and Frank Martin. And I have issues with this cover.
1: Really? I like it quite a bit.
0: Really? Did you count the hands and put them at the angles that they're supposed to line up with the human being? <laughs> no. Yeah. So, um, either everybody's on top of each other or somebody's got like eight arms.
1: Well, probably both
0: and you have random hands that don't belong to people some
1: of sinisters weird um machinations so yeah. There can be multiple armed people in there.
0: If you follow the arms.
1: I think it's just supposed to overwhelm you. I don't think you're supposed to parse it out. I oh. think Wolverine looks sweet. So.
0: I counted the hands and I had issues. I, I
1: didn't count the hands because I don't care.
0: Well, it was these two hands that started it all. You can really blame these two hands that have like the little daggers.
1: But at least they're opposite hands and they can go together.
0: Yeah, except for the guy with the gun whose like hand is over their hand.
1: Yeah, he's shooting over their arms.
0: Uh huh. So the person who's got the double-fisted, what's he gonna do? I'm gonna trim your nose hairs.
1: Nothing. These are brainless zombie warriors. They don't know what they're doing. Mm hmm. They're dumb. All right. So last we left off, Wolverine was in the circus.
0: Well, actually, where we last left off, Essex had taken him and oh, that's right. he was running experiments on him, and Clara and Creed. That's right. Busted him out. Busted
1: him out. Jailbreak.
0: One month later, they're in New York.
1: Yep, yeah, and they're trying to get some sausages.
0: Yep, yeah, and it looks like you know Claire is kind of coaching Wolverine. So this has been a, yeah, a test of back
1: into society. Yep.
0: Yeah, so Wolverine asks for his sausages. He pays for it. He leaves. Claire's like, "Good job, progress." The keeper comes out and he's like, "Sir, your the
1: keeper, the butcher."
0: Well, yeah, but the owner. More than likely, he's the owner. Okay. Anyway, I was going to say innkeeper, and I knew he wasn't an innkeeper. No. <laughs>
1: Typically, don't have a butcher in the lobby of a hotel. No.
0: So, the, the butcher comes out and says, sir, you forgot your change, and oops, Wolverine, and th- un- un- what is it? S- On
1: the shees? Yes. He pops his claws. He
0: pops his claws. Oh,
1: man, it's a little too bloody. This yeah, scene.
0: in fact, I couldn't tell that they were bone claws anymore.
1: No, they're pretty pointy. But Kubert, the whole this whole series is is drawing his bone claws with a little more razor edge.
0: Yeah. So the when
1: lo- I when I first saw it, I thought he would cut the butcher. I did too. Because there was so much blood.
0: Yeah. And the the butcher falls back, and he goes the savage. Right. And the next panel, Clara <laughs> and a uh, Wolverine run in. Creed, we got to move again. He's eating
1: spaghetti. Oh that was funny. I don't know why yeah. that amused me, but it did.
0: I thought it was funny. They were like, we got to move. Wolverine blew his cover. <laughs> and basically, Creed says, this is it. Like, we have no more money. Between right. the sausages and the room, this is it.
1: And so Clara is trying to crack the nut that is Logan.
0: Logan keeps saying he's sorry that he's just an animal. And Claire is kind of, she kind of has a point. It's like, you're a man. But you're in pain. So why are you in so much pain? Right. And And
1: we got to to talk through it. Yeah. The the strong, silent thing is not really helping you.
0: And we get a really cool way of flashing. Yeah. The
1: series of flashbacks and the way they're rounded, it almost makes it look like TV screens. Yes. very interesting.
0: And it's interesting because he's flashing back while she's talking. So you get like a flashback and then she says, what do you think you really are? And then you get a flashback and she goes, why aren't you talking about it? He tries to, but then there's another flashback.
1: I do think it's interesting. We kind of have like his three big tragedies.
0: Yes. And
1: it's Rose and... Or is that first one... Maybe that first one's his mom. I can't really tell. I was going to say it didn't seem like...
0: Or are they all rose and he's just reliving it twice? From different angles. That's what I can't tell.
1: I'm going to think maybe that first one's his mom because otherwise they left his family completely out of this. And that's a pretty big loss. So you would think when he's going through all the things he's lost, he would include his family. I'm going to say that's probably his mom. And then, of course, the wolves and then Rose. Then he sees the polar bear. Creed gives him a hard time, but Clara bites his head off. And Creed storms out.
0: Yeah, so Creed storms out. Wolverine has a bad dream. He's being a, a very um, chivalrous man by sleeping on the floor. Well, she's all, I'm assuming all
1: three of them are sharing in the room.
0: Right, except Creed's gone.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, he's off walking in the rain.
0: Yeah, and so basically Wolverine says he had a bad dream. And Clara says, "Don't worry, we all do at some yeah. point."
1: Well, he popped his claws during his dream. Yes. And Clara says something about, um, "I'm used to sharing rooms with people with bad dreams." And then she lifts up, and we see the half of her face that is scarred. Yeah. Which makes you think, okay, well,
0: we know where that came her from. Her
1: lover, Saber cut her up.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then she says, "This not talking thing is killing." That's you. right, Creed. Creed. Shoulda been there on a Sunday morning oh my goodness Sucking. anyway Logan (laughs) sucks Logan tells Clara it's not that easy and he tries to kind of tell his story but he's still holding back because he says I ran away from home with uh, a girl and he says I loved her and then she just stumbled and I and he explains kind of in detail like she stumbled he popped his claws and turned right
1: he ran into the wild lived with the wolves but then SS6 that's hard to say in the possessive yes S six, 6 bear, yes, <laughs> came and took his wolves away. And, and
0: Claire kind of has a, um, she has a weird moment. She covers up the side of her face that's normal, and she says, "Life is pain." So right. we- I just want to, before you get
1: there, I just oh, want to point out that this whole time that Wolverine's sharing, we really have kind of been wondering about Claire. She's she's like soothing him and touching him physically.
0: Oh, that's right. So
1: want to kind of point that
0: out. So she says, life is pain. And she covers up the normal side of her face. So you see the scarred part. Right. Then she covers up the scar side of her face. And she says, but it's not all life is.
1: Right. So life is pain, but not all of it.
0: Right. And then she moves her hand down. And she says, the pain is the price. Yep. The price is worth paying. And she reaches then she over. And she puts the moves on him. And she kisses him. Yeah. And Logan says, what about Creed? And she goes, you don't understand. We're not like that. I'll explain everything in the morning. Yeah, And then
1: we got creepy Creed standing on the rooftop, peering in the window.
0: Staring at him. Just
1: standing in the rain with the art, by the way. Was it you that said drawing people in the rain's
0: really hard? Yes.
1: I think this looks really good. it, it is. So, so they get busy on a twin size bed.
0: That's not easy either. <laughs> anyway, Logan wakes up and he oh, says, "I love the
1: close up on his eyes here." Yeah. And we had we've had a lot of good eye work. We had when Crean was uh, griping about Logan earlier, we got close ups on his eyes and Clara's eyes, and Hubert's done a really good job with that.
0: Logan says they found us, and someone busts down the door, and the little brainless.
1: Yeah. Um, It's the
0: warrior zombie people.
1: Yeah, with like a sinister World War One helmets.
0: And Logan Actually
1: what's it is it the Second Reich? Is that like the 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 I think the pre World War German Empire. It's kind of what it looks, or the Prussian. It's very Prussian looking.
0: Logan has images of the bear.
1: I think it's interesting because I guess he either knows, like he's putting it together that the bear and the zombies belong to Essex.
0: I think and so. He
1: focuses on the bear, and that just sends him over the edge.
0: And we get an err, and a err, and a. Yeah. Basically, Wolverine goes to so attack. They have these
1: little electric sticks. They're they're trying to shock him. They're with.
0: like tasers. Yeah.
1: Which only makes him think of being shocked in the circus cage.
0: And we get the bottom panel, I just think is awesome, when he goes, Never! Very animal-like. Yeah,
1: he's got spit. Yeah. And he starts cutting through these guys.
0: It's a pretty cool panel. And Clara, while he's cutting through him, says, We've got to go, Logan, we've got to go. And he turns around and... Well,
1: she's trying to grab him, and yep.
0: He does exactly to her what he did to Rose
1: right through the chest
0: and she says it's all right logan it's all right don't
1: and then he sees a flashback and i think that's his mom but it could be rose i mean either way he killed them both yeah (laughs) on accident so there's a third woman that he loves and he's accidentally killed
0: and so then we kind of have this cool like the panels get smaller yeah so it's like he's having tunnel vision
1: right well yeah we're about to see a true berserker yeah. Range. So the panels get smaller and more red.
0: And then when you turn the page,
1: this was awesome.
0: It was just a red page.
1: Yeah, and like a dark blood red, like a crimson. Yeah. And in the comic, is a double page spread.
0: And on the iPad, it's just a full screen. Right. I have to say, the impact of just turning the page and it being yeah. blank and red. Yeah.
1: I thought it was a really nice touch. Yeah. I don't want this every time.
0: There's a fight no
1: like to cop out and just show blank pages but it really it really worked in this issue
0: it did especially that fade on the pan the page before right where it the, the images slowly get redder and redder and redder and then we get one of the coolest spreads I was
1: afraid you weren't gonna like this if we had the same blood pattern you complained about last year yes
0: season. but I think the fact that his arms are out his eyes are wide I think it
1: looks badass
0: yeah I still have issues with the holes. <laughs> the patterned, not patterned, blood's better. But then you realize in this little tiny room there's seven people. I
1: count six. One, two, three, four, five,
0: six, seven.
1: You said oh, well, Clara is seven. Clara is seven. Okay. Yeah.
0: But there are seven dead people in this tiny tiny room.
1: Yep. You turned it into a slaughterhouse. Then Creed comes in. Claire Oh, wide-eyed.
0: And he says, Oh, God, Clara. No, no, no. And, uh, and
1: cradles her body.
0: And he says, Logan, we've never agreed on anything, but I say we go and we cut ourselves a slice of revenge. What do you say? And basically, they decide to leave before Essex's guys realize that they're there.
1: Well, no, before he realizes that they've failed. Oh, he says they... before Essex realizes he doesn't got a new pet. Because they were sent oh. to collect Wolverine. Gotcha. Before he realizes what's really going on and Creed makes a very interesting face here as he looks back at Clara's body and then Wolverine confesses to Creed that he loved her and Sam 2 says or Creed says something interesting. He says, everyone she ever met loved her. Hmm. Then we see her laying on the ground and her eyes open and her mouth opens and it's (gasps) like, gasps and she's not dead
0: no and then, and then Sabre,
1: creed with a very interesting face makes a big revelation what does he reveal here
0: he says she was the best sister a guy could wish for
1: i did not see that coming
0: i did not either
1: okay do we believe it well see, oh. <laughs> there's something going on here and i don't know what it is yet see
0: okay but i so i called it remember a while back, I said, why do yeah. I feel like Claire's fate? Wolverine's going to stab her yes. in the midst of something. So when that happened, and we
1: thought that Sabretooth would blame him. And that would be the beginning of their um, feud. Yeah. But, but Sabretooth right now is like he's visibly upset about Claire's quote unquote death. But he didn't want to fight. He didn't blame Wolverine. He blamed that he blamed Essex. Yeah, okay, so... Which doesn't really fit what we know about Creed.
0: No, but why was he standing on the building being all stalkerish if that was his sister? Was he being all big brother? He was being creepy,
1: like I said.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or did he know that Essex is guys?
1: I think he went and got Essex.
0: Yeah, I think he did too.
1: But We'll see. I'm a little concerned because of... The internet, I I Googled real quickly, so I didn't research extensively. I think this is only five issues.
0: Which means we have one left. I don't know how we're going to wrap this up. This is going to be bonkers. Well, okay, all right. so... All right, so we furious. got a lot of
1: questions here. Her waking up makes it seem like she has a healing factor in addition to what other powers she may or may not have.
0: And it would make sense if they were siblings... Yes. ...that she has some sort of healing factor.
1: Right. But it also makes it seem like the whole thing when Creed ran in the room was all an act, which makes it always seem even more that he's setting Wolverine up or setting Logan up.
0: Yes. Because he, not only did he come into the room at a very interesting time. Right.
1: just happened to get here as soon as it was over.
0: Right. But he rushed Wolverine out. Like, you can't be here when she wakes up.
1: Yeah. Okay. But, all right. So, but then what's plan B? Because if Creed does go to Essex and tell them where they are. Right. Which, of course, is assuming that Essex couldn't find them himself, which I think he could. Right. But anyway, let's, let's say our theory is right and Creed went and got him. What if. I mean, he doesn't know that, Wolver- that Logan's going to stab Clara. So what if yeah. Clara doesn't die? Then what? I feel like this all hinges on her, quote unquote, dying. I mean, would he have jumped in and helped finish off the troops and accidentally cut her himself? Oh. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. But Creed is definitely up to no good. Yeah. He's always up to no good. Ow. A little Phantom Planet for you. Um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we're about to get our first big backstab next issue. I do, too. But I'm really, really curious to find out. I'm still just really intrigued by Clara.
0: Yeah. And I
1: still feel like (laughs) this is origin, too. And of the the four people we're getting background for, uh if you count Creed, a new character, Clara... Logan and Essex and like, I feel like Wolverine's origin is like third on that list right now.
0: <laughs> yes okay good I'm not the only person who thinks that I kind of I mean it's like very interesting and he's definitely Wolverine's the origin this he's is definitely, definitely the
1: central protagonist but
0: I just kind of feel like but so the this supporting is cast is just
1: really interesting
0: well I kind of feel like you know it's that story where you're like hey this happened in my life but it didn't affect me <laughs> like all these other people were, were awesome I kind of feel like that's The story (laughs) i went to the bus stop and i met this person who was on his way to like be king of alaska
1: yeah i mean i think by the time it's over we'll definitely see how logan got from point a to point b or actually i guess at this point from point c to point d or wherever he is more like z (sighs) no and z we're not even to z yet in modern times anyway thought this is a very intriguing issue thought the art just, again, fantastic. Awesome. And the colors. I, I the, the color work in this book has been amazing. Yes. In fact... Uh-oh. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see what else we get this year. But I'm going to go ahead and call it that Frank Martin is going to be a, a nominee for the 2014 Wolvies for Best Colorist.
0: I could see that.
1: He may not win, but he's on the list because I just think he's doing amazing.
0: And it, it, he's officially being added into the... Uh wolvie list Yep. jason just grabbed his phone he's now feverishly typing away with his thumb
1: <laughs> yep all right so i am really this is so cool i don't really know what else to say
0: let's just grade it
1: okay i'm gonna give origin two number four six out of six clause
0: i too will give origin two book four six out of six clause
1: just it's amazing it's it's been a great ride it's been really it hasn't been that fast-paced but it's just been i don't know it's just I've the story started off with potential I, I yeah. remember we talked about a good first book but we'll see where it goes but so far i've been really happy with where it goes so i guess we'll see where it ends but it's been a heck of a ride so far so we both give origin to number four six out of six claws okay so next up we have wolverine and the x-men number two This is written by Jason Latour, art by Mahmoud Azrar, colors by Israel Silva, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and then Azrar and Gracia did the cover. And on this cover, we have a brick wall with some bullet holes and some... Oh, that's... (laughs) I'm so dumb. I just now realized that background of fire was the phoenix. Is it really? Yeah, see, there's the head and the wings.
0: Wow, I had you not outlined it with your finger, I would have never <laughs> seen it.
1: Anyway, um, so we have Wolverine beat to shit. Um, Half his mask is missing.
0: Why does he have a hand through his head?
1: And that's Idy's arm.
0: But why is it through his head?
1: It's behind his head, not through his head. And we also have Quentin Quire and Evan
0: Okay. behind him with Idy. Um, Uh Forgive me, person who drew the cover, because... Um, that just looks awful. It looks like her hand is coming through his head.
1: It looks fine to me.
0: No, it looks like her. It looks like he has a baby arm growing out of his <laughs> head.
1: <laughs> I think the perspective is fine. They could have. They could have made her jacket a different color. Probably would have helped.
0: No, they really needed to. Because quite honestly, on the little like on the iPad, the little images. It seriously looked like, what's that TV show that he, the guy does? He has like a baby arm growing it's out of It's an
1: his SNL head. skit. It was uh, Rachel Dratch, and um, she did it when she went on Weekend Update with Seth Meyer. Is that what you're thinking of?
0: I guess, yes, yes, yeah. and he had a baby arm.
1: Rachel Dratch, which really crazy.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's what it reminded me of. And all I could think of is, why does he have a baby arm growing out of his head? Yeah. <laughs> Does he eat something and it like alienizes in his skull?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alienizes. That's a word.
0: Hey, you have me here just to make up words.
1: That's right. Anyway, other than the baby arm, which I didn't even think about until Denise brought it up, I actually like this...
0: It looks like a baby arm.
1: (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Because of the coloring. It
0: looks like Because the shadow
1: and... (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because of the shadow and the color of her jacket being the same shadow and color of Wolverine's hair. I can see where you see it. I didn't see it until you showed me, but it it makes sense. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. Rather than that, I really enjoyed the cover. Oh, okay. I think Wolverine looks awesome.
0: I, I... Okay cover up the baby arm coming out of his head and yes he looks awesome yeah
1: all right so remember last time we got kind of our reintroduction to the school the G gray school it's it's break time but suddenly all the electronics were taken over with a phoenix symbol and it said rise (laughs) yes so then we get some little thing some guy talking actually he looks like a kid yeah he's Eden young 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 I don't know how you say that. You know
0: that. who he reminded me of?
1: Cade Kilgore?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: that the same character.
0: Except, like, his, he grew his hair out while he was trapped in that third dimension. Yes. Anyway,
1: we get, like, a history of the Phoenix Force, and apparently the X-Men corrupted it and stole it from its true heritage. You are a huge <laughs> And the Phoenix, I guess, helped us, you know, kind of like Prometheus. helped us kind of make advancements in our culture and so eden or edan is uh he's the head of the phoenix corporation and he's the one that sent the x-men this rise with the phoenix symbol so anyway quentin sees it obviously he's he's bummed because he knows he's supposed to be the phoenix so we get an argument between wolverine and storm which is probably the best part of the book what do you think about this part yes yes storm puts wolverine in his place
0: she does she and it's not like wolverine listen to me listen to me it's (laughs) you will listen to me right
1: well first because she makes a couple of good points she says that like when faced with danger wolverine stands tall and fights back whenever anybody around him is threatened he runs and she says not because he's scared but he runs so all the danger will follow him
0: That's a good point.
1: It is a really good point. I actually really enjoyed this. Both this conversation and Storm's inner monologue, I thought, were spot on.
0: Yeah. Although I didn't realize it was Storm's inner monologue.
1: Well, all right. So the reason you can know... And this is kind of a comic trick that people have been doing the last uh, probably 15 years or so. Don't quote me on that. It could be longer. It could be shorter. But basically, so the narration box is... Is yellow and black to be Storm's colors and then also the first one has a little lightning bolt in the corner.
0: Oh I just viewed it it as like somebody's thinking this but we don't know who
1: oh no it's not just them being jazzy oh
0: well and then with the character who shows up later i thought it was referring back to him so i wasn't uh, 100 okay. sure
1: i can see that would be confusing i would just say as a general rule especially in modern comics right now uh-huh. not necessarily when we do flashback stuff but just the trend right now is when you see a dialogue box and it's a different color look for the first one look for any kind of symbol and then look for what color it is and that will usually tell you who it's supposed to be in fact sometimes it we even kind of give away who somebody is that hasn't shown up in the comic yet
0: oh like i've
1: seen some before like where you knew it was cyclops because it looked like his visor or whatever
0: gotcha and
1: so and then when he shows up you're like oh yeah that was him talking the whole time
0: so my question is why isn't wolverine's cell phone on like the do not call list how does everybody have his phone number
1: I guess it's the X. Ex- Is he
0: bat signaling it?
1: It must be the headmaster extension. You know, he's got Siri, a work phone.
0: Siri, call Wolvie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: or they just overrun everything. Because the- it looks to me like they just took everything remote at the school and just put the Phoenix up on it like they hacked. Like this, the basic signal at the whole school. Yeah, okay. I don't but think they dialed each individual on a cell phone.
0: That would be interesting. <laughs> Somebody's going to have a blister, but I don't understand why they're sending out this mass signal to
1: get this response. They know it's going to piss Wolverine off and get under his skin or to intimidate the X-Men like the Phoenix is coming back. We just had a big fight with the Phoenix. Aren't you scared?
0: But did they have a big fight with the Phoenix? Yeah,
1: AVX was probably right before you started joining the podcast.
0: Oh, that's why this is. Remember
1: I I told you about the Phoenix 5 yeah, messed up some of the X-Men's powers and stuff and yes. Cyclops killed Professor X all that.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right.
1: So supposedly hope like banish the Phoenix and now someone's trying to make the X-Men think the Phoenix is back. Yeah,
0: but they knew that and Choir we, was going to be the Phoenix. Well, we
1: have that possible future, but all all futures are only possible.
0: Oh, this goes to the whole which part of the time continuum do you believe? <laughs> yeah,
1: I do like when Storm gets mad there's a little storm cloud above her.
0: Oh I love in the very next page when they go outside and oh, yeah. she has totally like
1: Yeah so Wolverine's not paying attention to her argument.
0: He's like any typical man when a woman gets pissy and just starts yelling. He just right. ignores her and keeps <laughs> going. He just storms
1: around the kitchen. I, oh I did like we talked about this earlier. And he's looking for a vamp and he can't find one. <laughs> and there's one named Chuckles. Another that was really funny,
0: and chuckles is what we discussed this. Like, who who did he call chuckles?
1: Oh, uh, he's called Professor X chuckles before. Yeah, it also reminds me of the GI Joe chuckles, the undercover agent who wore a Hawaiian shirt. Cause nothing blends in undercover like a Hawaiian shirt. Anyway, Storm's like stop, and she gets like this giant lightning bolt that lands in the yard right in front of Logan. You have got to. <laughs> yeah that's basically what she says. she says is this what it takes yeah is this do i have to like strike you with lightning to get your attention because you're acting like a <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yes he's acting like a
1: <laughs> yeah because he's
0: <laughs> self-destruct sequence activated <laughs> <laughs>
1: head <laughs> but anyway but storm basically calls him out again uh for like you can't just like Come and go. Sometimes you're the headmaster. Sometimes you disappear. If you're going to run this school, you need to run this school. And trust us to run it with
0: you. Well, she basically tells him to grow a pair and man up.
1: Yeah. And she also says that she loved Jean too. But she doesn't start going crazy just because someone sent something that defamed her name or whatever.
0: Okay. I didn't understand that part. That's a
1: little bit of a stretch. And I don't know if Wolverine would really act this way. I know he loved Jean. But just because someone sends a picture, like, if someone sent a picture of Jean or, like, a phoenix with a skull or something, like, we, you know, like, some indication that they were actually referring to Jean. But right now, like, Jean's not even the most recent brush with the phoenix. No. And like, the phoenix has done several things since the last time it was with Jean. So, I, I mean, I understand that, that that particular design in the phoenix was the one she wore on her costume. I think even that, though, has been used since her...
0: Well, so, I, I feel the future like, used it.
1: Yeah, so I feel like Wolverine's kind of jumping into conclusions with the gene connection. I thought that was a little bit of lazy writing as a way to get him mad.
0: It, yeah, well, I kind of feel like he went into a rage for no apparent reason. Right. Like, oh, and Storm's I am definitely on my right. phone. I need to go into a berserker.
1: Right. But Storm's definitely right. they like, I love Jean too. I'm not going to let something this shallow send me off the edge. And then we find out ID comes and Quentin... Has left. Where'd he he's, go? He's vacated the premises. He took a little bamp and he has some conversation about a fast food burger girl that I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> thinking of that, he he talks about how he'll never be able to wash the bamp farts out of his clothes.
0: <laughs> wow. If I could make this thing go longer,
1: I would. Basically, his phone has changed to a will you rise? No question mark.
0: Uh, so someone needs to teach this uh, phone spammer yeah. grammar?
1: All right, so then I'm a little confused because the last issue, we had Phantom X in this, I guess, well, it, was, it was called the box, right? This like interdimensional prison he made?
0: Yeah, but he he isolated himself there to like protect everybody else.
1: Right. And then Evan has a miniature version of the world, which I think he got in, okay, a, in Remender's Uncanny X-Force.
0: Okay, I didn't understand what was going on. All right, so
1: the, uh, How do I explain this?
0: Well, no, I very mean... Very quickly. I, I didn't understand, like... I didn't realize...
1: Oh, Phantom X is inside the little snow globe? Yeah,
0: yes. I thought he was just... Like, they were mentally mind-connecting.
1: Oh, no, no, no. He's he's inside that thing. That's That's the miniature version of the world. The world is like... Phantom X's little home place where they did all kinds of weapons experimentation and stuff, like the Weapon Plus program. Now, remember I told you that Weapon X, X doesn't mean mutant, it means 10, like the Roman numeral. Right. And the Weapon Plus program like, goes back to Captain America. Well, Phantom X is Weapon 13, I think, 12 or 13. But by the time they get to that point, the world is like basically the factory of Weapon Plus. Okay. So Phantom X, back in Uncanny X, in remembers X-Force, They were able to, like, shrink the world down so they could keep it safe and out of the wrong hands. And at some point, he calls, um, Phantom X Uncle Cluster. So after they killed the first apocalypse clone and then felt bad because they killed a kid, Evan was the next one, and they decided they were going to rescue him and, you know, nature versus nurture. They'd make make sure he turned into a good guy. Well, part of what they did is Phantom X raised him in, like, an alternate reality, like, kind of like a, a virtual reality. Okay. And he was his Uncle Cluster. Like and, Uncle Fester. Yeah, kind of. And so he basically raised Evan to try to make him like one of the good guys. Okay. All right. So basically, uh, Storm and Logan are talking to Anole. He's, I guess, over at... Oh, he's now the CEO of Worthington Industries. And he basically says that he knows where the Phoenix Corporation is headquartered. And he doesn't know where they came from, but he knows where they are now. And we find out that that's exactly where Quentin Quire went. And he's distracted by some uh, sexy Phoenix nuns. So apparently, this business is some kind of. <laughs> what? <laughs> so apparently, the Phoenix Corporation also has some kind of like Phoenix cult that they're doing. Okay. Anyway, a Choir's there to take him head on. It says, You want the Phoenix? Well, here I am. But then, uh, some big hand offers the benefit, uh a. Uh, Cinnamon roll. I think they refer to it as a sticky bun. I thought sticky buns were... <laughs> yes. And the BAMP betrays choir to some guy that looks like 90s cable with a big beard. It I, I like, like that Quentin Quire calls him, um, he said, Where'd you come from, the set of Duck Dynasty?
0: No, he doesn't say Duck Dynasty. He says Suck Dynasty.
1: Oh. Wow, I didn't even read that right. I do like that his shirt says Days of Future Pasta.
0: What? Is it really?
1: Yeah, I thought that was really funny. You can see it better in a couple pages. It doesn't say
0: that, though.
1: No, here it says something different. His shirts change.
0: What? It's like hyper colored things? Well, I you know. When, you,
1: when you're an Omega level mental mutant, you can do that kind of stuff. I personally believe he just makes that he wears a blank shirt and makes people see what he wants them to see. That's my personal theory. So
0: now I want to sit here and That's my like no prize. flip back and.
1: I do think it's funny also that this guy from the future has a wallet chain.
0: Maybe it's his pocket watch. Yeah. He does look like Thor's great grandfather.
1: He looks like a cross between Odin and Cable. The choir uh, bitches at the BAMP for selling him out, and the BAMP pisses at him.
0: Man, he had a sticky bun. Right? And they... Sh- <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so this guy, I guess, is from the future. We find out he's an Ascani. He has some kind of Phoenix-related psychic powers. All right, so Denise didn't know what Ascani was, and if he didn't read in the 90s. There's a good chance you also don't know what Ascani is. Basically, Ascani is... Like a re- a religious group in, the, in one of the alternate futures that worships the phoenix, okay. and when they when Scott and Madeline, actually Scott and Jean, by this point, sent Scott's baby son into the future oh
0: my goodness. to heal
1: him of the techno-organic virus. Anyway, of course that's Cable, and Cable grows up in this alternate future where apocalypse wins,
0: and he has HBO.
1: I don't know, maybe. <sighs> Anyway, so cable is often referred to as Ascani's son.
0: Or showtime.
1: I don't know what you're asking.
0: Cable. HBO Showtime.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so basically this guy and so I guess and now in this alternate future, the apocalypse that wins is not the old apocalypse that used to win. But now it's Evan grown up.
0: So Evan turns bad he,
1: he does what everybody is kind of afraid he's going to do because he is a clone of apocalypse okay so i guess in this alternate future he turns so anyway quentin's like crippled by this by basically seeing an alternate future and um this guy says something about how he doesn't have to wait for the future or something so then storm and wolverine show up we get a nice double snicked pretty cool panel i
0: liked it it is really cool
1: um so they're gonna fight this guy uh wolverine calls him a lost almond brother (laughs) oh that was funny um but this guy's able to break through storm's psychic defenses Then we go back to the school for just a second anyway armor's uh, holding down the fort and i being a bitch
0: Oh my gosh, that was the biggest diva fight ever.
1: Yeah, I wasn't a real big fan of that. I do like this panel of the two Bamps about to sumo wrestle over a sticky bun. Anyway, Wolverine's not going to give up the fight. Or actually, this picture of this guy beating up Wolverine looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah, except, it, so I had to look at these two panels very closely because I wasn't 100% sure what was going on. I think there's action Wolverine the Wolverine looks like two. he's getting the Heimlich.
1: No, he's got the breath knocked out of him.
0: Yeah, it just looked like the Heimlich. No,
1: I thought I looked cool.
0: Oh, you're choking on something? Let me help you. <laughs> anyway. And storms, obviously. Well,
1: she's out. She's still having a, a migraine from the psychic attack.
0: Uh, this guy,
1: I guess he can do like kind of like Psylocke does, like a psychic blade. And he stabs Wolverine, and, and Wolverine sees.
0: Boy, where did he stab Wolverine? In
1: the head. Like he's, he stabs him with psychic energy.
0: Okay, so it doesn't... I didn't understand what was going on, so I was like, "Is he punching him and fire just coming out of the punch?"
1: No, no, no. It's just I don't know, like if if it was real life, if we would even see it or not, but they have to show us in the comic, so right. Anyway, Wolverine sees that Evan turns into Apocalypse in this future, and so then he knows what this guy is going to try to do. He's going to try to nip it in the bud and kill Evan now.
0: But why is he? i guess i'm confused why why okay he showed choir the future and kid apocalypse being or evan being bad Mm -hmm. as he gets older yeah okay so why is he why is he going through all these mind tricks why doesn't he just show up at school and it's like dude this kid's gonna end up being evil we gotta talk well
1: he said something about when quentin came that now he was free to do what he needed to do
0: but what does that mean i
1: don't know and maybe we'll get an explanation maybe we won't for whatever reason he felt constrained in this place until quentin showed up
0: that's weird because it's not like he took anything from quentin
1: well he's gonna need him at some point i think to to assume the phoenix role which i don't know
0: yeah but he seemed like he had phoenix type powers he had fire and the little phoenix emblem was yeah, shooting out of his head
1: and i'm gonna have to admit it's been too long since i've read i don't remember how the phoenix in this future works like if it's been diminished or if it's like split up among people like i don't really remember because i haven't read it since the 90s anyway um what do you think of the art in this one
0: i thought the art was fantastic i thought
1: the art was really i still think uh mahmud azrar is turning in his best work
0: yeah i
1: I, and I thought the colors by movie award-winning or movie award-winner Silva were also really awesome.
0: Yeah, they were. I was just disappointed in the story.
1: The story, I thought it had parts. I really enjoyed the part with uh, Storm and, and Logan. Yes, and that was de- by far the highlight of the issue.
0: That by far was where the issue should have ended. <laughs> should have cliffhangered and then moved on.
1: I'm not. I don't think there's been enough time for us to have another major Phoenix story yet. As personally, I think there are other things we could do. I also think instead of sending a d- suck dynasty back in time, we haven't had any reaction to Cable finding out that there's. A clone of Apocalypse running around the X-Men. And he's an Ascani son. He he was in this future at one point. He hasn't been there in a while. But, like, use him. Instead of having him lost over in Suckland and X-Force, which is just a terrible book right now, like, bring him over here. and Do something cool with him. I don't know. And plus, I don't know. I think I said this to someone on Twitter. Someone was talking about it. Like, I... The whole, like, yeah, okay, there's a possible future where Apocalypse is bad. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, honestly... But the,
0: how old is he right now?
1: Well, he's a kid and, and uh, a young teenager. That's all we really So, young. like, 16? Uh, 14, 15? 15, somewhere
0: okay.
1: in like Um, Maybe a little bit younger.
0: Well he has a thing for Ivy.
1: Yes. Well, see, all right, so there's two points I want to make. One, we know, like, his going good or bad is, like, 50-50. Like, this whole thing is that Remender started is kind of a case study of nature versus nurture. Right. Like, he's a clone of one of the most evil people to ever live, but the X-Men are trying to save him. Like they,
0: yeah, but then you have all these other people that are like, no, we know he's going to be evil. Right. Ergo, we need to do something about this, which possibly turns him evil because of the things that they try to do.
1: Exactly. Him. I, I don't really like this kind of story. Um, I'm also... Why is he... <sighs> I do like though because he has this little thing where he's kind of worried about Quentin and Heidi, but then he's the one that breaks up the fight at the school. So I like that development. My biggest thing with this, instead of jumping immediately to here's the future where he goes bad, like let's spend more time like this developing his character now in the present. That right. to me is much more interesting. And in seeing the steps as opposed to oh let's dangle this apocalypse carrot, like let's just let's just see a story. Like I don't know, I'm unless I'm just. Another X Men story where someone comes from the future to save it. I don't know, I'm just
0: I would much rather see him like have a thing for Idy. Idy turn him down, he gets mad at Quentin because Idie's so into Quentin and that spawns this like wanting of revenge and that seems right. more like a realistic story than yeah suck dynasty coming to like save the day
1: but also if everyone thinks he's so fragile why is he by himself so much of the time
0: well and and, and
1: why why do, does i mean he has a good point that the staff are, are kind of all over some of these other kids and not I don't know, like yeah why i'm not saying they should be wrong. super obvious like with like walk on eggshells and like make him feel fragile like he's gonna go evil at any second but at the same time like you need to nurture him and like, there's a balance
0: Right, don't leave him locked in Wolverine's office sitting on the floor (laughs) looking at a snow globe. That's creepy.
1: Anyway, I guess the team's going to try to get back to the school before uh, Suck Dynasty does. Oh my goodness. all things considered, the story was okay. Art was great. Um, I'm going to give Wolverine and the X-Men number two, four out of six quads.
0: Wow, you were nicer than me.
1: Okay, when are you going to give it? Three?
0: Yeah, I'm only going to give it three. Okay. I kind of felt like, and maybe it's me because I don't... I don't know i didn't know who suck dynasty was i didn't know <laughs> that whole storyline and on top of all of that i wasn't 100 sure what they were trying to show me i kind of felt like i was thrown all this information that i had absolutely no idea what i was supposed to do with it and i didn't even have like a logical way of i mean okay i've read comics that you've given me no backup on and i've been able to figure it out
1: this this is this one's definitely a little continuity heavy
0: yeah, and I, I just, I struggled with it. Which
1: I will say again, I, I don't want to harp on this too much, but an odd choice for our first story arc. I mean, we're only two issues in. Yeah. Of a new series that will quote-unquote attract new readers. Well, it didn't and to go To movie. go so continuity-heavy so soon. It lost me. I can see why it would be frustrating. Anyway, cool. Well, that's uh, Wolverine and the X-Men number two. We will move on.
0: Hey, everybody. <laughs>
1: you can't do that in the middle of an episode
0: yes i can i'm totally cutting in yes i'm taking over
1: (laughs) it's a coup an evil coup anyway it's time for our segment x marks the spot X. we're gonna do amazing x-men number five and marvel knights x-men number five
0: that's your spoiler.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> your spoiler. Okay. Well, first up, we have Amazing X-Men number five.
0: Amazing X-Men, and it is written by Jason Aaron. Penciler is Ed McGinnis. Inker is Dexter Vines. I like his name. Dexter Vines. Yeah, it's good. Colors are by Marte Garcia. Did I, did I say that right?
1: Marte Gracia.
0: Gracia. Letter is V.C.'s Joe Caramanja. I'm waiting for correction if I said it wrong.
1: It's caramania, like it usually is. Okay.
0: And cover is by McGinnis, Vines, and Garcia. Gracia. Sorry. I will get this right one day. I don't know if you will. I probably won't. It should be my shtick. <laughs> anyway, so on the cover, we've got a swashbuckling slew of X-Men. Storm is trying to do a little hoodoo voodoo on you. Nightcrawler's got his swashbuckling swords and he's jumping in the air. Behind him is Beast, ready to uh, rip somebody's head off, I'm guessing. North Star. North Star is flying somewhere. And then in the front, we've got Wolverine, Firestar, an ice man who has an ice patch over his eye, but I don't think his eye got poked out.
1: No, it's an eye patch, not an ice patch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's an ice
1: patch. But he did grow two big swords out of his hands.
0: That is pretty cool. Yeah, it
1: was pretty cool. All right, so remember the X-Men are in somewhere. Heaven and or hell, maybe.
0: Or in between. Yeah. Purgatory. Purgatory,
1: maybe. And Nightcrawler has called them there to fight Daddy Dearest Azazel.
0: Yes. Yes. But before we get there, we are back at the June... uh,
1: Should we just start this section over?
0: No, I'm good. I'm good. Let me take a sip of coffee. I'm good.
1: You're going to make me have a whole lot to edit. I, was I can see the keep hour. I can see the hours counting up.
0: I was kind of hoping to keep it in. Nope. Anyway, back at the Jean Gray school, we have the fight over the skittle colored bamps. Red versus blue. <laughs> Whose team are you on?
1: <laughs> I'm Team Blue.
0: Team Blue. I
1: still want a, a plush one.
0: Oh, we should, ha- we should make shirts that says, I'm on Team Blue, and then other ones that say, I'm on Team Red.
1: I think people would just assume it's a political shirt.
0: No, you put little bamf eyes on it.
1: Oh, okay. So we have the Democrat bamps and the Republican bamps.
0: That's right. Some have tails, some have horns. <laughs> anyway, And
1: none of them are right. Yes. <laughs> True to real life.
0: Anyway, Rachel, Angel, and Warbird, is that her name?
1: Yeah, is it Warbird or Deathbird?
0: I don't know. We have. This I never debate. remember,
1: and apparently, I have uh, passed that disease on to you.
0: I guess so. Yep. Anyway, they're having an argument over which BAMFs do they attack—the red ones or the blue ones—and of course, the blue bans apparently are in love with Warbird's ass.
1: Yes, they're smelling her butt like Max smells your butt. Thanks.
0: Glad that everybody in podcast land knows that now. Yeah. All right.
1: So anyway, that page is really almost zero consequence. And we get to... um.
0: We're back at the pirate ship. And basically, the fight has eight. begun.
1: We have a double snick on our double page spread. So that's worth pointing out. And technically... And Iceman looks awesome.
0: Yeah. He looks like he could have had a snick too. <laughs> I do not like Firestar, but I digress. Then basically a fight ensues. Yeah, they're
1: fighting the pirates. And Nightcrawler takes the fight straight to Azazel. And Says, I, I am not your boy!
0: I will say the panel where it's it's segregated into three little panels. And we see Storm and Beast and Iceman fighting. And it's just the way... It's the composition of Azazel with uh, Nightcrawler kind of in the front of those... The foreground of those three panels. Right. And then when you flip it, you get the double page spread of... Nightcrawler and Azazel just bamfing and fighting it out. That is seriously the coolest panel ever. They're
1: teleporting around the ship, and you see their different colored clouds the purple and the red. It's awesome. Just all the way across. It's it's a very nice panel by Mr. McGinnis.
0: It is. So basically, Azazel tells his team, hey, light the ship on fire, right. and Firestar's like, two can play at that game. Yeah.
1: So basically, Azazel is still trying to uh, get his son to love him and join him in his misdeeds in the afterlife, yes. and Nightcrawler refuses.
0: He refuses, and so, Azazel
1: uh, changes his plan.
0: Yeah, he decides to go after his uh, Nightcrawler's friends, and so he bamps his way down to Wolverine and stabs him. With a shunk- and it goes all the way through, but there's no blood. If it went all the way through, that sword would be bloody as all get out.
1: Oh, well, I mean.
0: Anyway, Azazel bamps out, Nightcrawler yeah. bamps in. <laughs> says
1: heck of a time to lose your healing factor.
0: Oops. Um, so then all of a sudden, Kurt is hearing a voice in his head saying, "Stop! The yeah. archangels are coming. It's Let Professor them finish X. it."
1: He says, "Archangels, and not not archangel, the X Men, but actual." archangels yeah from heaven
0: so basically he says you know what i'm sorry professor but i gotta do what i gotta do yeah and he tells the Bamps he's ready to yes. pay what he owes. remember
1: he made a deal with them yes to turn them blue and have them on his side Yep. and so the Bamps start doing something interesting they start forming a body
0: yeah i wasn't quite sure what They were trying to show us.
1: I wasn't sure at first either, but it it will all come to reveal itself. Okay. So So basically Logan or Wolverine is dying on the ship. Rachel is trying to read the BAMF's minds and they're all just saying,
0: it's time, it's time. And so uh, we go back to purgatory or the ship and Nightcrawler's fighting with Azazel and he basically says, now, do it now.
1: Well, first Azazel says, it's time to bail. I heard the archangels are coming and I... (laughs) Uh, that's not a fight i'm ready to pick
0: yeah he's gonna go sail away the river sticks
1: but before he can get away a Uh bunch of blue vamps come and get him and nightcrawler's soul starts to disappear
0: is that what they're trying to show us
1: yep because remember nightcrawler the x-men are actually there a nightcrawler that's not his body it's just his soul Oh. And so his soul was starting to disappear. We get a huge bamf. And then the body that the blue bamps were forming is a new physical body for Nightcrawler.
0: Oh. Okay, now why does he cut his arm?
1: He, cut his, he cuts his arm to seal the deal that he made with the bamps. Remember, Azazel used the blood to like, feed them and let them do stuff or whatever. Right. So I don't completely understand this.
0: <laughs> okay, good.
1: But basically, he, he uses his blood in the same way as Azazel, kind of cancel out Azazel's blood. So the vamps no longer serve him, and they basically have trapped, somehow this traps Azazel on Earth. So he can no longer go back to the afterlife.
0: Okay. So basically, what earlier in the comic, Nightcrawler says, you know, there's no prison, there's no jail that can hold Azazel. Right. So he brings Azazel to Earth to make it his prison. However, Azazel's like, hey, guess what? You just did what I wanted you to do. Right?
1: Now I can just kill people here.
0: And they knock him out.
1: They knock him out.
0: And then the portal starts to close. And Storm says, Nightcrawler said to grab a bamf. It's time to go. And yep. we see our last. And
1: Professor X is going to stay.
0: Yep. I have a feeling this is not the last time we're going to see Professor no, X. Yeah, obviously.
1: Anyway, I guess when they come back, they're all mostly healed. The Wolverine still kind of looks weak, but. He's not bleeding out anymore, so.
0: And Nightcrawler says, what have I done? Yeah. Well, he doesn't say he thinks.
1: Well, Angel is tempted to go through the portal to hang out with the other angels. Oh. Because <laughs> remember Angel at this point, after he kind of got rebooted, part of him thinks he's really like a real angel?
0: Uh, No, I did not know okay.
1: that. Okay, yeah. So he's like, oh, I can go home. And Nightcrawler's like, hell no. <laughs> and he destroys the gateway. And he looks kind of sad. He's back to life. But he's like, oh, wait.
0: <laughs> so then we see Nightcrawler sitting, I guess, on his infamous on his roof. roof.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that in my 20s. Sitting on, on, on the roof? Room. Yeah. It's very peaceful.
0: The only way we can get on the roof here is if well, we go through Ethan's bedroom. Your roof's bedroom. too
1: big. <laughs> but in my house, it was pretty easy to get on the roof.
0: How would you get on the roof?
1: I would climb up there.
0: Like with a ladder? Sometimes.
1: Or sometimes I'd just jump up and grab it. I was agile when I was in shape. <laughs> I'd pull myself up with a pull-up and climb on the roof.
0: And how'd you get down?
1: I went hang off and then jump.
0: You ever hurt yourself?
1: Nope, not once.
0: Good for you. (laughs) So Nightcrawler's up on the roof. Wolverine shows up and he says...
1: Apparently he cut himself shaving.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that stab through the chest... It just needs a little two-inch Band-Aid. Yeah. Uh, he asks Nightcrawler if he's ready for the tour.
1: Yeah, because the school is pretty different. I mean, it's not the mansion anymore. It's the Jean Grey School. You know, so all new buildings, everything.
0: So Nightcrawler says, nah, he's not really ready yet. And Wolverine says, you made a deal with the Bams." So what exactly did you promise them? And Nightcrawler just says, nothing. I gave them nothing at all.
1: Flash is a classic Nightcrawler smile.
0: And then it says, my name is Kurt Wagner. And this has been the story of how I fell from heaven and fell back into life. Of how I sailed the seas into the land of the dead and saved billions of souls. And all it cost me was my own. Yep. So his deal was he sold his soul. To the BAMS. To the BAMs. So what are they gonna do with it? Because he's made up of a bunch of mini BAMs. I
1: have a ton of questions.
0: Okay, let's hear your questions.
1: <laughs> well, okay. First of all, does the deal mean that Azazel cannot teleport at all? Or does it mean he can he can't skip between Earth and the afterlife? Like, can he still teleport around Earth? Did he still have that power? Or was that taken away from him? If well, so, how?
0: I want to know, with all this fighting, Nightcrawler punches him once on Earth, and he's out cold.
1: Well, he was probably pretty tired from making the jump.
0: Uh-huh. That was a little too convenient. <laughs>
1: yeah. Because if he can jump, and assuming they don't have him in some kind of dampener field, I mean, basically, he just got spurned by his, his long-lost son. He doesn't want to hang out with him, and if you're a Z- and he did it to save his friend. So if you're a Zazel and you're you're one mean sob, if you're trapped on Earth, then your new mission is going to make Nightcrawler's Earth as miserable as possible. Yeah. So if he can still jump around Earth, he's going to go cause all kinds of mischief. Yeah. And try to hurt Nightcrawler's friends.
0: I will say not to jump subjects, but the very last panel of Nightcrawler with his tail wrapped around him like a hula hoop. I don't know. There's something about that that I love. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to get you off of all of your questions. No, that's fine. I was staring at it and needed to say it before I forgot it. Right,
1: right. So my other question uh-huh. is Nightcrawler says he can ne- doesn't know if he can ever return to heaven. So did he so... sell his soul in the way that... Like, is he now immortal? Like, he can't go back to the afterlife either? Like, like he can't die anymore
0: well okay but normally,
1: or does not mean that like like supernatural like he sold his soul and now he, just, he can't go back to heaven if he dies again he has to go to hell
0: well okay so that was gonna be my i guess that's my part b to your question is so the Bamps were following azazel because he was feeding them his evil blood right okay so nightcrawler makes a, a deal with them I guess I'm confused.
1: And we don't know the we... whole terms of the deal, and honestly, this will probably Play not out. be resolved for a long, long time.
0: Don't tell me that. Not to
1: mention in three issues that uh, Jason Aaron's leaving the book, so someone else will have to take it over.
0: I guess I'm just... The whole BAMF thing confuses me. Like, what's what in it for it was the Banffs? a little bit
1: hard to... I don't, I don't think we know yet.
0: Because for like, someone to make a deal...
1: Right, Then they got some kind of benefit. Right. I'm assuming, I guess, because I guess the Blue Bamps overall... I mean, they they make it all the way to the future. That's true. So, and of course, that future is now completely changed, I'm assuming, when Nightcrawler's returned. Well, I don't know. Good luck sorting all that out. I
0: need Um, a dry erase board. That's why they're all
1: possible futures.
0: And several different colored Expo markers.
1: Yeah. but Yeah, I'm definitely curious and slightly confused, but not so much that I can't enjoy it.
0: Well, I guess the only thing was, didn't we speculate that he sold his soul?
1: I don't... I think we talked about it on the podcast No.
0: oh that was sort of one of my i have a feeling this is what he did right i just didn't think that selling his soul meant he would go to heaven or go to earth uh, that's what i'm wondering and that'll be
1: his permanent he says he closed the door behind him and yeah it says he bound azazel to earth forever to make this world his prison cell and meet his jailer so they and azazel can't die i guess that's kind of where my thought process went because azazel I mean, unless now, because he's trapped on Earth, he can be killed on Earth. But then uh, when his soul just ceased to exist, because if his soul went back to the afterlife, he could do all the stuff he was doing already.
0: Or maybe that was the deal. Is Is that that, he's
1: immortal and trapped forever on Earth?
0: Well, that is, Azazel's immortal and trapped forever on Earth, and that also means now that Nightcrawler is immortal.
1: That's what I'm saying. He would almost have to be to guard him. Otherwise, he would just bust loose and run around.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense.
1: And I actually kind of like that if it's written well and they do it right, because it would be cool to see him kind of, I don't know, deal with that.
0: Well, yeah, because Nightcrawler very much believes in heaven, loved heaven. Right. You know, and, and he does kind of... No,
1: he did say that once he was there, he just wanted to come back to Earth for one more adventure. Yes, I but think he, he got restless. says...
0: Now that he was on earth, yeah, he feels like what did I just give up, right? Yeah, um, so I'm wondering if that like buyer's remorse, he's having buyer's remorse, yeah, like crap, I did have a good thing, why did I do this?
1: (laughs) Professor X was right,
0: yeah, dang it, always listen to the professor,
1: yes, though apparently, um, eating fluffy clouds is good for your diet because Professor X's face was looking pretty jaunt,
0: yeah, he also has spiked. Uh, Spike Spock like eyebrows. Oh yeah, he's
1: had that since the sixties.
0: <laughs> he needs to. Uh, I think yep. I should give him my hairdresser's phone number. No <laughs>
1: waxing. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I thought the art
1: and the colors and, ink and everything in this book is a very visually appealing book. Mm hmm. And I thought the story was pretty good.
0: Yeah, considering I was really disappointed last issue, (laughs) I'm really pleased with this one.
1: Yeah, I'm very intrigued. I don't think we'll get any immediate answers. Though though this looks like it's going to stay Nightcrawler-centric, at least for a little bit, because the next issue is Nightcrawler versus his mom on the cover.
0: Mystique.
1: Mystique. Which
0: actually, I think that would be a really good one. Hopefully so, yeah. Yeah. So, so what are you going to grade it?
1: I'm going to give Amazing X-Men number five. I was kind of flopping. But I'm going to go ahead and go um, with six out of six claws.
0: I'm going to give it five out of six. Okay,
1: I almost, Yeah, I can, I can agree with that, the, but I only, a little more.
0: The only reason why it lost a claw was because... The
1: pirate stuff.
0: Well, <laughs> no, it was hard to follow the whole... yes bamf him
1: see i think part of that's on purpose and and whether you like that or not is definitely up for debate I, I think jason aaron wanted to resolve it without playing all the cards all right so next we have marvel knights x-men remember they went to this small town to stop mutant murders They met two young mutants. Scooby-Scooby-Doo.
0: They're making drugs
1: out of mutants. Uh, So basically, Darla can bring memories to life. And she's she's got this mutant cult guy. And she basically takes over the town with everybody's memories. And she says the X-Men can leave, but Wolverine tried to kill her. So they have to leave Wolverine there for her to kill.
0: Because she's a whiny baby. Yeah.
1: Uh, basically, the, the X-Men decide, well, if she can use our bad memories against us, we can use our good memories against her. And so why they,
0: did it take this long to come to that know. conclusion? And they
1: think of a lot of, uh, a lot of their super strong friends. Storm, and they come, Colossus. Yeah, an older Wolverine. And they come and they defeat Darla's bad living memories in the end.
0: Really? The end.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, the series is over. Art wasn't that great. No. The story? No. Some of it was okay. There's some good ideas, but...
0: I will say I like the idea of memories coming back and and interjecting Professor X through a memory. But see,
1: but why would their memory be able to react and, or have knowledge of what's going on now? That makes no sense to me.
0: No, and I don't like the fact that they remember Professor X as some guy who walks around. Because didn't they Why? all... Well, they all knew him in a wheelchair. Yeah,
1: but he says you remember... But he, there are periods when he walked.
0: Oh, I guess I'm not sure. Yeah, he said you
1: remembered those. me, at like, basically... All the at, good parts of me. And my most optimistic or whatever. Yeah. He said that's what he likes about Kitty. That part was actually good. There's a whole lot of, like, stuff that's not necessarily false... Like, X-Men philosophical stuff, but it got kind of preachy.
0: Oh, it got monolog
1: Yeah, and We don't really know, like, what the actual resolution is. Crystal, the girl who's basically just Tells a psychi- psychedelic believe. version of any ex-telepath, <laughs> convinces the news people that it was just a mining accident and a lot of chaos.
0: Then and it everything's
1: blocks. fine here. Move along. Nothing to see.
0: Look into the shiny red... Yeah flippy switch
1: and so do they go with the x-men Do they stay there i don't know are we gonna see these characters again or are they only in this story and if so kind of makes the whole thing seem kind of pointless yeah i wouldn't mind seeing darla come back there's nothing about crystal that endears me to the character at all oh by the way uh story and art by Brom revel colors by christian peter vcs josevino did letters and production and then Rebel and Pater did the cover, or Revel and Peter. The cover is the logo, bottom two-thirds, top third, crazy motorcycle f- gang of the X-Men. All right, there you go. Um, I'm going to give Marvelized X-Men number five. I'll give it two out of six claws.
0: I will also give it two out of six.
1: Okay, well, that is this month's X Marks the Spot. Okay, next up we have Where's Logan? First, he is in Avengers Assemble number 25. This is written by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Warren Ellis. We have three artists. Matteo Bafagni, David Mikas, Neil Edwards, I'm sorry, four artists. Neil Edwards and Raphael Yenko. I don't think I said that right at all, so I'm sorry. <laughs> the colors are by Ruth Redmond. Letters are by V.C.'s Clayton Cowles. And Jorge Molina did the cover. And this is the last issue of this series. It's done. Kelly Sue is wrapping it up. Um, On our cover, we have our current kind of, I guess, lineup. We have Hulk, Spider-Woman in a classic hanging upside down from a web Spider-Man pose. Iron Man, Black Widow, Spider-Girl, and Wolverine in street clothes. It's a pretty decent cover. All right, so remember, this is a an Inhumanity crossover. And Spider-Girl has been trying to track down the cocoon of her, one of her teachers from school. And Dr. Covington, or um, Toxic Doxy, has been going around stealing cocoons and stealing their powers. And Spider-Girl went to the Avengers for help. They kind of brushed her off in a way. But they've been kind of helping her one-on-one. And now the whole team is going to get the cocoon. They know where it is. So she has the whole Avengers you know, doing a mission for her. So Dr. Covington also, or Toxic Doxy, also knows where the cocoon is. It's at an AIM base. And she's going there to get it and to make a statement. Um, so the Avengers show up, of course. Uh, there's lots of good fighting. Remember, Cap makes a line about, Reluctantly, AIM has diplomatic status. So we have to protect them as well as find the cocoon. But that doesn't mean they can't beat up on Toxic Doxy and her uh, little lizard boys. Uh, and of course, there's some classic Kelly Sue banter. So Toxic Doxy blows some gas. And to prove that he really is just a uh, Superman knockoff, uh, what's his name? Hyperion sucks all the gas in with super lungs. There's a cool part where a Toxic Doxy is running her mouth and Spider-Girl shoots her with web over the mouth. You know, I just thought of something on the cover. Spider-Woman can't shoot webs, but she's hanging from a web on the cover. That's curious. Spider-Girl, of course, can't shoot webs. And Toxic Doxy is (laughs) (laughs) And Spider-Girl says, How are you still making noise? Wolverine tells her, nice shot. And so they get the cocoon, but we don't see what happens. Cap does say that uh, Spider Girl did a great job and she can count on the Avengers anytime. And they all run off, and for some reason, Wolverine ch- <laughs> is suddenly in his costume and not in his street clothes anymore, like he has been the entire issue. Yeah, but that's about it. The story wraps up. Nice little bow. Art, not that great. I've been enjoying the regular dude, uh, Matteo um but it looks like he may have been a little rushed. And the other art, when it changes, is just not that good. The story was all right, you know, kind of had classic Kelly Sue deconic you know. Like I guess it had had smart banter. It was a fun story. She's real good at fun stuff. But that was weird that they don't really even address the cocoon. Once they beat Toxic Doxy, like, everyone's like, oh, it's Spider-Girl, good job. You, you're going to make a good Avenger someday. You did good work. And they don't even, like, say anything. Like, hey, let's open, the let's, you know, hatch the cocoon and let your teacher go back to whatever he's going to do or see what his powers are. Or, hey, we're going to take this back to, you know, Avengers HQ. Keep an eye on it for you. Or, you know... There's a whole lot of stuff going on with these cocoons. I guess we'll take it with the rest. Nothing. It's like it's not even there anymore. That part's kind of annoying. And the art, man, it's really the last half. just really don't like that much. Um, I'm going to give Avengers a symbol number 25, three out of six claws. And so from the the last issue of a series that's been pretty good to the last issue of a series that I am glad to see... And we have A plus X number eighteen. The first story is Vision and Kenny Pride I'm sorry the Vision and Kenny Pride with Jim Krueger as the writer, Will Sliding as the artist, Andre Mosa does the colors, VC's Clayton Cows does the letters. Then the last chapter of our Captain America Cyclops story, Gary Dugan is the writer, David Yarden and Mateo Lolly are the pencils. Cam Smith does the inks, Andre of the colors of EC's Clayton Cows does the letters. Alright, so Wolverine's really not in it. Um, the Vision and Kenny Pride are captured in Murder World. If you remember from the a recent flashback episode not too long ago, when the X Men went to Murder World, Wolverine got trapped in these funky mirrors and you know, like funhouse mirrors and they made but the reflections turned into robots. Like warped robots? Well, Kitty and Vision see the same thing. And they have to fight. But instead of fighting reflections of themselves, they have to fight their friends. And we have warped robots of the X-Men and Avengers. And we, we have a Wolverine robot. That story, I mean, basically, it's not arcade. It's uh, the murder world technology has gained sentience. Or sentience. Kind of like danger. In the danger room gained sentience and became danger. Well, Now we have a... Murder World being. So that part's okay, if not derivative, the art's okay, but it gets really muddled in, you know, a discourse on what it means to be human now for the the arcade or for the Murder World guy. So it's not that great. Um, our Cap Cyclops story, just real quick, started off a potential kind of goes nowhere. They help the scrolls. Uh, Cap convinced Shield not to arrest. The scrolls or Cyclops. Uh, the the Shield troops ask the uh, the agent like, "Um, are you sure?" He's like, "Yep." But I'll blame Captain America. You want to you want to get promoted in Shield when something goes wrong? Blame the spandex. So Cap and Cyclops don't fight, but Cap assumes that Cyclops will turn himself in. Of course, he's not going to. And so, what could have been an interesting. Character study on the conflict really just turns into, well, oh, I'm going to do this, no, I'm not going to do this. No, I'm not. Yes, you want? Yeah, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's kind of dumb. Um, I'm going to give A plus X number 18 a one out of six claws. All right, we have another very, very, very brief. I won't even call it a cameo. Uh, Moon Knight number one. This is written by Warren Ellis. Art by Deadpool alum DeClan Shelvy Colors by Jordi Belair. Letters by Chris Eliophilus. The cover by Shelby is, uh, kind of takes a page from the Marvel Knight stuff. And we have the bottom half of the cover in all black with Moon Knight and white type. And the top half is all white and with Moon Knight's hood and kind of his moon on his forehead. So a lot of people have been really raving about this book. And it was pretty good. The art was great. Um, I'm not a huge Moon Knight fan. I really don't like the schizophrenia stuff. Uh, basically moon knight is working with the police i will say and you've probably heard other uh, comic podcasts talk about this um moon Knight's not colored like he's all in white and i actually heard a guy on intercomics podcast one of my favorite podcasts talk about how he thinks like the color choice was not just to be like high contrast but that he has a theory that that is how moon knight sees himself as like a, a being a pure goodness so he's all white with no color i like that theory Anyway, there's a serial killer. He's, like, harvesting organs. And it turns out it's an old S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who got left to die. And he's been basically stealing organs and piecing them together for himself. Moon Knight defeats him. But he goes back, and I guess we get a a glimpse of all his personalities and, like, this cascade of skulls. And Wolverine's head is in there. So I haven't read enough Moon Knight to really know what that's all about. There was a, a reference in here that the last time he was seen was in the street shouting to an invisible Captain America, Spider-Man, and Wolverine. So there's that. Anyway, this is pretty good. I don't think I liked it quite as much as some of my peers, but um, that's interesting. I'll definitely pick up number two. Um, I'm going to give Moon Knight number one, four out of six claws. All right, so that's going to do it for Where's Logan? Except for that it's not going to do it. (laughs) I didn't realize that Wolverine is also in a page, a panel, of the Superior Spider-Man number 30. So this is written by Dan Slott. With some scripting help by Christus Gage. Giuseppe Coley does the pencils. John Dell and Terry Pallet or Palo did the inks. Antonio Fabella did the colors. Chris Eliopoulos the letters. And the cover is... I don't think it says, but I'm pretty sure it's by Camincoli. It is. And it's basically a ripped-up spider mask and a giant spider web. And it's a really nice cover. I like it quite a bit. All right, so basically, this is the issue. This is it. So Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2099 are fighting the Norman Osborn Spider-Bots. And, of course, they've captured Anna Maria in the subconscious realm... Peter Parker is reliving Dr. Octopus's memories but he's gotten to the point where Dr. Octopus where he's reliving Dr. Octopus reliving his memories when the dying Peter Parker and Dr. Octopus's body his consciousness made Dr. Octopus's consciousness and Peter's body remember all of old Peter Parker's memories so he can become a hero. Got it? Good. Anyway, so when we see Wolverine, of course, Goblin Nation, part four is where we are. And there are spider slayers and goblins all over New York City causing havoc. And the Avengers are trying to help Spider-Man fight them all off, even though they're going to arrest Spider-Man as soon as it's over. And so Wolverine, in his new costume, is fighting with Black Widow, Spider-Woman, and Wraith. And so that's that's his only appearance. So Jonas J. Jonah Jameson gets discredited for releasing the spider slayers who are ravaging the city. And basically, uh Spider Man takes back his memories, helps Spider Puss rescue a kid, and then tells him, I'm here. It's a rematch. Superior Spider Man says, You know what? We don't need to. They go back to Peter Parker's lab and he basically explains both their faults. He says, I'm arrogant, or the truth is I know I'm not the best. I know I'm not superior, so I tried to overcompensate. You, you are superior, but you feel guilty and you self-sabotage yourself. You can't do that anymore. And I realize now that you're the better hero. I won't fight you. I'm going to give you your body back. And he goes into the mindscape and erases all his memories from Peter Parker's mind. Including his memories as Superior Spider-Man. And of course, Peter realizes that Doc Ock really loved Anna Maria. So that'll be interesting, because I think this means he won't remember that he even knew her. So she's going to be in love with Peter Parker's body, but he won't remember her. That'll be interesting. Anyway, Spider-Man puts on his original costume. He's back in his body. Peter Parker's back. And that's it. That's the very short version. This book is really, really cool. And we have one more issue, I think, before Amazing starts back up. Superior Spider-Man has been consistently one of the best books on the shelf. You should definitely read it and get all the details. It's a great story. I'm going to give Superior Spider-Man number 36 out of six claws. I cannot recommend it enough. And that, for real, is all. For Where's Logan? Okay, so last up, uh, we have our Snicked Family section. Uh, We're going to focus on X-23 and Sabretooth. Of course, X-23 will be in the last two parts of The Trial of Jean Grey. That's parts 5 and 6 of 6 in All-New X-Men number 24 and Guardians of the Galaxy number 13. All-New X-Men number 24 is written by Brian Michael Bendis. With pistols by Stuart Immonen, Inks by Wade Van Grabager, Colors by Marte Garcia. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Eminem, Grabager and Garcia did the cover. And the cover is... The Guardians and the new X-Men fighting Gladiator. Of course, remember the Shi'ar have captured young Jean. And they basically plan on executing her for old Jean's crimes as the Phoenix and wiping out the star system. So we start with the trial here. And Gladiator is going to basically show them, or show everyone and Jean a feed of what the Phoenix did. Or actually, I guess that was more last issue. But, King Jason shows up. And basically says in front of everybody, tribunal and all, that the Spartax do not agree with what's going on. That Gladiator is just posturing. This Jean Grey is just a child and not the Phoenix. You're doing something very morally ambiguous here. And he throws out a little nugget in front of Jean that she didn't know yet. That the Shi'ar have tracked down and killed all the Gray family, which of course makes Jean pretty upset. And she busts out of her little bubble. and uh, we get a, a sneak attack in space. Angela's floating, uh, the X-Men gladiators, I'm sorry, the X-Men Guardians and Starjammers are gonna try to, to get in and save Jean. So the Shiar find Angela floating, they take her on board, they're gonna transfer her to be studied. Of course she wakes up and kills everybody, and so they all get on the Shiar ship and go land. Uh, gladiator and King j yell at each other some more. Jean takes care of the Shiar Imperial Guard for the most part. Uh, Jason leaves and says he's planted his Seeds of Descent. The X-Men, Guardians, and Starjammers get busted because their ship breaks formation. And Gene is kind of running around, thinking about the Phoenix, trying to figure out what to do. There's a funny part with speaking of X-23. They're all kind of milling around trying to figure out what they're going to do. And Angela says, I can track her if I have a scent. And X-23 says, I can track her and I do have a scent. Peter Quill looks over and says, okay, mysterious teenage girl who I just now noticed was part of the group. You up front. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then we get a snicked as they kind of break out to their different teams. But they're met by Gladiator and some more Imperial Guard. And they're going to fight it out. So we get some good battle scenes, some good fighting. And then Gene shows up and says, you're right. Everybody stop. I'm guilty. I am a monster. And that's kind of our cliffhanger for that issue. Art as usual is fantastic. Colors, beautiful. Plot's good. The dialogue, my goodness, is always pretty good. Pretty snappy. Yeah, it's a good issue. I like the political intrigue between the uh, Spartax and the Shi'ar and all that and the fighting. I'm gonna give Only X-Men number 24 five out of six claws. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy number 13 is also written by Brian Michael Bendis. Here we have art by Sarah Pacelli and David Marquez. Colors by Justin Ponceur. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And the cover is by Pacelli and Ponceur. Now on this cover we have Jean exploding in yellow-white light and the guardians around her. So, pretty cool cover. Yeah, so basically, Jean says that she's guilty, but you're all guilty, too. You didn't stop me the first time. Wouldn't that parts kind of a a weak argument that none of them can stop her but then she makes a really good argument she says it might be my face that haunts your nightmares gladiator but whether i kill myself or let you kill me the phoenix would still find another vessel or you know numerous people Uh but she says you're angry because you're fighting an act of nature and i'm angry it found me but all of you know punishing me or killing me will not stop it or change what has happened in the past so It really, it changes nothing. It just makes Gladiator feel good. But of course, he says, well, we'll see. But then uh, Gene goes super hot pink with super energy and it basically turns out that she has pushed her power to a new level through this trial and that she can use her telepathy and then telekinetically send other people's psychic energy back to them with a force this is a new twist on gene gray i like it and it looks pretty cool hot pink aside and everyone else is kind of amazed too Jean says i'm not the phoenix but i'm pretty pretty sweet <laughs> basically when it comes down to her gladiator Go super head to toe in a big punch. They both kind of get knocked out. Oracle, the Shiar. Empath or telepath or whatever stops the fight. Peter Quill rescues Jean. She falls. He picks her up. Jean says she loves everybody for coming to get her, and they basically say they're gonna leave. Oracle tries to talk Gladiator out of pursuing them, and he tells her it's not her decision. But Cyclops stands up. Young Cyclops. This part's pretty badass. He stands up and says, "No, it's not. You know what? It's mine. And we're leaving. And if any of you come back for Jean." If you come anywhere near the planet Earth ever again, I'll kill you. And I'm not joking, I mean it. And he gets up in Gladiator's face. And Gladiator says, your ass. <laughs> Basically. And Gene says, you know what? None of this has happened before. We're not destined to repeat ourselves. The X-Men are making new history now. All of this is new. You can even say it's all new. <laughs> and Star-Lord says they're protecting the Earth. You're not supposed to ever be there right now anyway, so don't come back. And Gladiator asks him, how many star systems can you go to war with at the same time? Star-Lord's like, uh, seven? <laughs> and he tells them to leave immediately. They are enemies of the Shi'ar. And so they do. They all fly back. Fly back to Earth. We get some more flirting between Kitty and uh, Star-Lord. Drax asks x-23 about her boot claws and she says uh, they're built in <laughs> uh, beast wants to run test on gene as soon as they get home Gamora laments that they're making enemies everywhere they go and then angela stares down gene interesting um so they get back to the planet to earth <laughs> you know the planet earth um and everybody's glad to be home kitty is given a, like, interstellar communicator by Star-Lord. And she says, cool, I'll call you if I ever need you. And he goes, well, you can call just cause. And she kisses him and runs off smiling. You almost see her skipping. And Groot starts talking to the trees and Rocket Raccoon's like, dude, don't make this weird. Again. And then some raccoons run out of the forest. And uh, <laughs> Rocket says, put on some Kratakin pants. And Cyclops kind of interrupts the revelry and says, you know what? Um, I'm going to hang out with my dad for a while and go out in space, be a space pirate with my dad. I thought he was dead. Now he's not. This is interesting because I guess we're just in a different point. Well, we are, obviously. I mean, because by the time our old Cyclops found out And his dad was his dad. He'd already been through so much and was already kind of the leader of the X-Men and assumed a large amount of responsibility. I guess young Cyclops knows he's kind of supposed to be the leader and even in his time was being groomed it. But hasn't had all the same experience and he doesn't have at least not the same immediate feeling of responsibility to mutants and Earth. And he's willing to take a little break and go out, go out spacefaring with his father. Which, by the way, plug for his uh, new series, the Cyclops series, will be him uh, with his dad in space. And it's, uh Greg Rucca and. Um I never remember how to pronounce his name, but he's a guy that just did the last couple issues in Nightwing. Looks pretty, pretty cool. That's from a guy that's not traditionally a Starjammer fan. Though I've been enjoying him in the flashbacks more than I remember. Anyway, everybody's like, well, you can't do that. He's like, dude, it's my dad. I have to. He walks up to Gene and says, I know what our future is supposed to be. we end up miserable. Maybe now we can finally be happy. And... He leaves, tells everybody he loves him to stay safe. He tells X-23, she's kind of the the all-new X-Men veteran, somehow. He tells her to keep everybody safe, and she looks sad. Of course, she's kind of... There's been a hint at a romance between young Cyclops and X-23, but now he's he's out in space. He should have taken her with him, I think. But, whatever. Would have made that series more interesting, too. Uh, But they leave, and everybody's like, oh, crap. And then Angel's like, you know, of course, he's been the whole time antsy to go back to his regular time and he's like so what happens if we f-? and they can't there's some problem preventing them from time traveling anymore he says so what if we were able to go back now do we have to wait for him to come home do we go without him what the gene mysterious we kind of swaps over in the snow and we see telekinetic eyes and not real sure what if she's her and scott haven't really been um fulfilling their destiny as a power couple. Maybe she kind of regrets that? No, I don't I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what she's thinking or feeling. But um, anyway, the art in this book, fantastic. Love Pacelli and Marquez both. I thought this was a perfect conclusion to this story. Yeah, this was a great issue. Uh, love the action, love the dialogue, love the art. Everything about this book is just almost perfect. I'm going to give Guardians of the Galaxy number 13, six out of six claws. I'm so excited for both of these books to see where they go in the aftermath of this story. But anyway, yeah, pretty awesome. All right, so Sabretooth will be in Uncanny X Men number 19 and Deadpool number 25. Uncanny X Men is written by Brian Michael Bendis. We're on a Bendis roll. Chris Boccalo or Bocciolo does the pencils. Uh, got an army of inkers, not usually a good sign. Tim Townsend, Alvey, Jaime Mendoza, Mark Irwin, and Victor Alizaba. Chris Bocciolo and Jose Villarubia did the colors. And the cover is by Boccolo and Tim Townsend. The cover is basically The Uncanny X Men versus S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a pretty cool cover. All right, so remember that Hijack was let go, relieved of his duties by Cyclops for almost getting everybody killed in, um, oh, what's that place called? Crap. Uh, the place in Wyoming or wherever. Tabula Rusa or Rasa or whatever. Anyway, I like that he's wearing, uh, Spider-Man PJs. But he wakes up and S.H.I.E.L.D. is in his house, Maria Hill. And they want to know where Cyclops is. Then we go to an unknown location. and We have Dazzler in a bed. Hooked up to an IV. And Mystique and Sabretooth are talking about how she's trapped. And they have her eyes and ears completely covered. So she can't hear any sound or make any light. And basically Sabretooth... And Mystique or finds out that Mystique is taking mutant growth hormone from Dazzler to turn into their drugs. Maria Hill argues with Hijack, says she hacked his emails. Of course, he also got busted because he was not following the no cell phone rule in X-Man Land. So she hacked his emails and wants to know, where again, where Cyclops is. Mystique calls Dazzler a dirty whore with crappy music for betraying her people and working for S.H.I.E.L.D. Sabretooth looks proud of, of Mystique. <laughs> I can't, see, this kind of plays Mystique as in charge, but kind of plays them as equals. I'd prefer to them to either be equals or have sabretooth in charge. Seems to fit his character more recently. But, um, it's pretty good either way. It can be argued that they're kind of co-leaders. Talk about how they're using the MGH to sell in Madripoor. So Cyclops and uh, Eva or Tempest are talking. Uh, they see a big blip on Cerebro and go to Chicago to find a new mutant. They're attacked by some ghost-faced sentinels who can stop their powers. But, uh, Magic uses her actual magic sorcery powers that she's been uh, tutoring with Dr. Strange and is able to defeat the Sentinels and cyclops says they're going they don't know if if shield is sending these sentinels or someone is using them to make it look like shield but either shield's guilty by direct action or guilty by indirect action for not doing anything about it so they're gonna go to war with shield pretty good issue pretty sweet um i'm gonna give uncanny x-men number 19 give it five out of six claws all right, real quick, Deadpool 25 is written by Brian Posehn and Gary Duggan. Art by Mike Hawthorne. Colors by Jordi Belair. Letters by VCs Joe Sabino. The cover is by Mark Brooks. And it's Deadpool, um, it's a dot .now issue with a new number one on top. And it says, I think tacos are number one. And Deadpool is celebrating his 25th issue of this series with confetti and a top hat and a noisemaker and a little bell. And he's marching through the confetti some pretty cool covers silly but cool That's deadpool all right so basically remember that he supposedly got agent preston removed from his mind into a life model decoy but there's still people who want to kill him one of them being crossbones uh, but also agent preston is somehow still in his mind he thinks anyway him and crossbones are having a drink and they decide well now it's time to fight so they fight brutally in the streets uh somehow crossbones ends up in his underwear and his mask and his boots and his gloves and that's it it's why he tighties we see this um oh, what was this guy's name gorman yeah agent gorman is like oh now I can kill two birds and one stone he's gonna take out crossbones and deadpool he thinks but then he gets thrown they throw him in a garbage truck and mash him up so they fight some more with each other. Alright, so while they're fighting, Sabretooth is coming. He's gonna collect the money, the bounty on Deadpool's head. When he sees Crossbones and Deadpool beating the crap out of each other, and he <laughs> He walks up, and he's walking down the street, and he sees them, he whistles and turns around and walks off, says he'll let he'll let it go. So that's our Sabretooth cameo. S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up and wants Deadpool to quit beating Crossbones to death. And we see the LMD of Agent Preston who's acting like Agent Preston. And she says basically he's imagining her voice in his head still because he doesn't want to be alone. They give him the money they owe him. And he says, I want you to keep it safe for me, Agent Preston. Takes enough to get by on and disappears. We have a funny scene at the airport where he goes through security, grosses out the guards, and ends up on a beach. This story was okay. I was really excited. I should have known better about Crossbones and Deadpool fighting, but it was too silly, and Crossbones was just, just kind of, I don't know, not the best Crossbones. Yeah, so this book's okay. I'll give Deadpool 25 gonna give it three out of six claws all right so that's gonna do it for our snick family uh let's let's wrap up okay we hope you enjoyed our march madness episode before we do our uh normal closing niceties we actually have some wolverine news to talk about do we Yeah, so first things first, Fox has announced. Uh Uh-oh. In addition to, of course, the new X-Men movie that comes out here very shortly, it will be a sequel to The Wolverine. Really? Yeah, I don't know if they announced a specific date or, like, year, but I'm going to assume probably 2016, I would guess.
0: And do we know what... It'll be Jackman. Okay, my next question is, do, like... Is this the next phase of Wolverine? We go in in the past. What are we doing?
1: I think it's going to pick up where the first one left off, or the, the I guess the second one left off. The, the Wolverine. The Wolverine. Yeah. Which will be interesting because you know there's that alternate ending on the on the Blu-ray and DVD yes. where he opens a suitcase and has a costume. So will we have a costume in the new movie? I don't know.
0: Well, and at the end of that movie, he was going through the airport.
1: Well, that's that's going to be Days of Future Past. Uh oh. yeah that, that's where that cycles back in i'm assuming this will this will probably pick up with maybe him and uh <sighs> crap complete brain fart on the younger girl's name not mariko but what do you know sister yukio that. yeah yukio so i'm wondering if she'll be back and it will kind of be their team up
0: oh
1: on some new adventure but anyway that's exciting No, <laughs> probably quite a ways off the other thing which is a little more pressing of course we also have a wolverine's 40th birthday coming up Ooh. yeah coming up this summer and now to the rumor section so you know we just got done with killable yes and everyone thought oh is he gonna die and there was a big rumor he might die and of course he didn't yeah now we're we're doing the rogue logan thing yeah well coming up getting ready for his big birthday celebration, the story, the name of the story in order are three months to live, two months to live, and a month to live. <sighs> and so the real, the rumor mill is really going that and they're going to kill him for real this time.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Well, I actually think they might.
0: But how many times has he died?
1: Because he died? Zero.
0: Well, he went to hell once, right?
1: Yeah, I mean he wasn't really dead. His soul just got kind of sent there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Loopholes.
1: Yeah, but no. But I was thinking, all right, because
0: okay, so they're gonna kill off the biggest money making. Well,
1: hear me out. Prior, because you're right. It, it seems kind of silly they would they would kill their cash cow. But no. But here here's my deal. So before the Iron Man movies and the event before all the movies, mm-hmm. kind of your your big three Marvel guys in no particular order were Captain America, Spider Man, and Wolverine. Okay okay in the last few years was say last decade because i don't remember exactly what dates or what in the last decade or shorter captain america died okay. he, was, he was dead for a while before he came back and spider-man kind of died with the whole superior spider-man thing okay and these both worked really well sold really well and renewed interest in the character when they came back
0: so basically they're gonna disney vault him
1: well, maybe. So I think I think it's about I think like his card is up. So to speak to go through the whole process. Now here is kind of some other points. Because of books like Savage Wolverine.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And because Wolverine's lived such a long life and there's so many flashback stories, they can kill him and essentially
0: still make Wolverine Still
1: coming. have Wolverine books every month. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, what does this mean for the podcast that goes snake? Well,
1: but here's the deal. Even if he does die, and even if they do significantly or halt their output, I actually think all right, it would be beneficial for them to let him disappear for a little bit. So when he comes back, maybe he cannot be as much all over the place and people won't be quite as sick of him and, and can get back to loving him as much as they should. <laughs> But even if they do that, even if he does disappear, all it means for the podcast is what is due. We'll just get ahead on our flashback episodes. I will still stay on schedule. There's plenty of Wolverine to to read and talk about. But also, I don't really think he'll completely disappear. I think Savage will probably keep going. And the thing about when someone dies in comics, you you got a couple of months to play with anyway to catch up other storylines that happened before he died and blah, 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 like in other books, like, say, Avengers. Right. So let's say he's dead for a year. I mean, three or four months of that before he's actually, like, is quit. Showing up and stuff,
0: okay. Wait, wait, then okay.
1: you can still do flashback stories.
0: So, wait, we had Killable, and then Killable they ended that series losing his powers. Thank you. Which now, here's is-
1: what I hope that if he does die and comes back, I hope he gets his healing factor back, but it's back to more how it was in the old days where he's not completely invulnerable and then it takes a little longer to work yeah so like if he gets beat to shit yeah he'll heal and it may take him like two days to do it or you know something like that like and instead week. of you know he got his throat sweat and 10 minutes later he's back up kicking ass
0: yeah i kind of wish it was more like when you get a scrape on your knee you know it's gonna heal it just takes a while right that's so, kind of how i wish his healing factor was more like
1: well I and it's, i think i think if someone were to stick something in his heart and leave it there that should probably kill him i think paul cornell whether you love or hate his stories or kind of don't care. But regardless of, of your opinion, I think he has the right idea on making Wolverine killable. Like the idea of the story is right. The execution has its moments and doesn't have its moments. But the idea is a good idea. Right. And so if they kill him, I just, I hope that when he comes back, he's a little less invincible.
0: I concur.
1: And for what it's worth, I, I think there's a good chance they might go through with it this time. But You never know. I do think it's weird. That is a weird way to celebrate a birthday.
0: (laughs) Well, it's It's, 40. He's over the hill. But what what are other people afraid of when they turn 40? They're going to die. Well, Wolverine's just going to do it. Yes, he will.
1: All right. So anyway, um, do you want to plug anything? Are you ready to plug anything? We teased it on the last flashback episode. We
0: did tease it.
1: Are we any closer, to, or are we just still teasing?
0: We're like a, a little more than a tease, but not quite there. <laughs>
1: okay. But anyway, we talked about on the last Flashback episode that Denise is doing a uh, Walking Dead comic podcast. Yes. And I'll be helping her with that a little bit.
0: He's my co-host. Yep. We're f- switching roles.
1: Yes, very much so. But anyway, that'll be coming up soonish. Soonish. By summer, at least. Right.
0: I'm hoping within the next month. Yeah. So. so the whole goal was to kind of get a head start because we both have a lot on our plate. Chicago right. Marathon.
1: <laughs> I am, by the way, she just, Denise just finished her first half marathon.
0: I did. I rocked that puppy. Yeah. The
1: rock and roll in Dallas, Texas.
0: And I signed up. I'm crazy. I signed up for the Chicago Marathon.
1: Yeah. We'll be going to Cheetown.
0: That's right, in October. Anyway, so we needed to get some stuff, kind of...
1: If Wolverine dies, are you going to run the race for him?
0: Yes, I will wear a shirt that says, In Memory of Wolvie.
1: R.I.P. Snicked.
0: Yes, and I'll put little gloves on that have little, like, snickers. Anyway, we just need to get a head start on the Walking Dead cast, so... Anyway, I hope you guys will listen in on our Walking Dead comic cast. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we're enjoying finding sort of the feel of it at the moment.
1: Yeah. But meanwhile, we have no information to give you.
0: No. So as that
1: becomes available, we will give it to you.
0: So maybe in the next month.
1: Anyway, please uh, leave an iTunes review for this podcast. Like the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, at SnickCast. You can email questions, theories, concerns. What do you think about Wolverine dying? To uh, SnickCast at Yahoo.com. Show notes on the webpage, SnickCast.Podbean.com. That's going to do it. Until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye. Bye.